To everyone tuning in to the Message Podcast, thank you. This is the first episode of 2019, and I know many people have been asking me for uh, just new things brought to the podcast, getting guests. And so for this month's podcast, we have the first ever guest on the Message Podcast, which I'm super excited about. We have Jonathan Frederick from Heart Healthy Hustle Podcast. And so how's everything, man? Uh, Angel, I can just, if I may say, I'm very stoked to be with you and your audience. So tune in, uh, open up your ears because we're about to, uh, bring the heat. And as they say, nuggets will be dropped. So get your nugget bag and get ready to fill those, that bag up with some nuggets. This is going to be good. (laughs) (laughs) Also, definitely. Also, bro, I have to add, I'm really uh, honored to be your first guest. Uh, I really mean that. And, uh, you know, I really uh, admire what you're doing. And uh, I know your audience uh, really looks up to you and respects you as well. So thanks for having me. I'm honored. Thank you so much. Uh, And it's fitting because, you know, as the audience, you know, today hears this conversation just go by, they're going to see, I think, a a lot of similarities and just personalities, our backgrounds. Um, and what point led us to have, you know, our own podcast, which is really exciting. So, um, for those who, you know, don't know, uh, I'd like, you know, for you to tell me more about yourself, you know, your background and what led to, you know, you of course having your own podcast. Um, so. Sure. So do you want me to go into my background, like who I am as a person or, or like my faith, uh, like faith or like what in particular? Everything, man. If, if, you know, like, uh. Right. Yeah, definitely. Because I think it's important also, you know, for the, the audience to know, of course, you know, you're also a Christian, which is amazing. And so uh, definitely, man. Okay, cool. So, yeah, I'm born and raised. Uh, don't tune out when you hear this, but I was born and raised in New Jersey, uh, 30 minutes east of Philly, 45 minutes west of AC, which is Atlantic City, for those of you who don't know. Um, so if you can pick up some bit of an accent, that's where it's from. Uh, North Jersey, New York, like you, Angel, you guys definitely talk with more of a New York accent than I do. But uh, (laughs) so I kind of have this really, you know, kind of a bizarre accent. It's mixed with like Philly slash New York slash Jersey. So it's it's uh, amalgamation. Um, I was born and raised in New Jersey. I was homeschooled. This is interesting until eighth grade. Yeah, I was homeschooled till eighth grade. My eighth grade year, I was really young for my grade. So my parents decided to I promise they didn't hold me back. They actually had me go through eighth, an advanced level of eighth grade while simultaneously doing a year of trade studies like with other entrepreneurs to see if I liked any of them, uh, which was a really bizarre year. But it set me up to be one of the oldest kids in my class when I went into high school. Um, quick story about high school. I was a shy dork, if you will. Uh, people didn't necessarily pick on me, but I didn't understand that it's, it's okay to stand up for yourself. So uh, I was verbally bullied a little. Not, not Nothing crazy, though. I can't really make something up there, but I was very low in self-esteem. I will say that I was also shy. I was funny, but I would say jokes and I would say them to my friend who I trusted. And then he would say them to the class and the whole class would laugh. So it showed to validate my sense of humor. And I was also annoyed because he would steal my jokes. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, I, after I was, uh, through being shy, my 10th grade year of high school, I really came out of my shell and that was cool, but I was still not like serious about God or anything. I was still so focused on myself. It was, uh, kind of the way I lived for a while. Um, went to college, which was a really great opportunity. Was still unsure about exactly what I wanted to do. I decided I would pursue physical therapy. 
when I graduated college, <laughs> by the grace of God, I didn't actually have a high enough GPA to be a PT, which is a physical therapist. Doctor to physical therapy programs, your GPA needs to be really high. So I decided, hey, that's okay. You know, it was uh, something I thought I wanted to do, but I shadowed some physical therapists. I, I did some healthcare work. And, you know, honestly, I, I wasn't feeling it for my lifetime of a career. So as much as I know I would have enjoyed it, it's also not like a huge dream, heartbreaking, crushing depression time. Uh, right. Fast forward. Fast forward to post-college. I was, you know, living kind of with roommates. I moved probably nine times in the last three years. Uh, so I've been, I've lived in New Jersey. I've lived in Virginia. I've lived in North Carolina. Um, I've visited California, New York, all over. Uh, but I have lived multiple different states, different cultural aspects come into play when you move around. When you're from the North, you go down below the Bible Belt. It's a little different, um, but you can still find people who who you chop it up with real nice. So it's been a big uh, blessing, man. But uh, present day, you know, the last three years is really where God stepped into my life in a big way. We can get into that for sure. But uh, yeah, my my story is there's some really interesting aspects, man. It's, it's, it's really kind of a wild ride. Gosh, that's awesome, bro. And uh, what college did you go to? I attended Liberty University, which is a Christian school. Uh, it was really cool. It's like, uh, if you look at Notre Dame for Catholics, it's similar to, it, it, it has become the Notre Dame for Christians, if you will. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, me working in a college myself, I've had seen a couple of transcripts come in from students from, you know, Liberty, which is really interesting. So, you know, I, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I, do they have more than one campus or is it just, they have a big online, they're like the largest okay. online university right now, as far as I know. Oh, wow. Gosh, that's awesome. And so if you can elaborate a little bit more. So I know in the last three years you said, you know, you've been closer to God, you know, so what, what do you, what could you say led up to that? I, I guess. Yeah, man. So I, I felt isolated and lonely. And when I moved here, like I was in a relationship that was four years strong and then we broke up, we were like, you know, there was marriage was in conversation and then, you know, it just, we weren't compatible, both great people, but we weren't compatible. Uh, we, we actually ended up splitting up permanently, which was the right choice. But, uh, you know, I learned a lot from that relationship and a lot from, uh, you know, just that experience in general. And it really motivated me as well to work more on myself. And, uh, it was actually, you know, it was a mutual split. Uh, I say that with sincerity and we actually agreed that we would say that to people, uh, from the day that we split back then. And it, it's cool because a lot of people, when they, when they go through those splits, it's like a heartbreaking time. But honestly, for yeah. me, it, it was the right move because I had been so stressed out and I was trying to force something that shouldn't have been going. And God was uh, upset with me, I believe, because I was actually looking at that relationship like, oh, this is going to fix everything. It's going to make me feel complete. Uh, and I actually subbed that into the slot of life purpose. So again, I subbed that into the slot of life purpose. I made that relationship like my life purpose, which just really causes a ton of issues. Uh, yeah. So that, that, that blew up. And then after that relationship, I was down here and I didn't have many, many people. Uh, I am really grateful. I got plugged into a small group of uh, older men by the time that I was more isolated here, but man, like my whole life back, 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 back to when I was homeschooled, 
I was always feeling low self-esteem, maybe insecure about friendships. Like I didn't have a lot of friends. I had my friends on the block. We would play backyard football. We would play basketball on the street. We would skateboard all over the place and ride BMX bikes. And that was a blast. But we, you know, that was only after they got home from school. So I'd, I'd be the kid, I'd be the kid on the block inside my house, kind of waiting for 3 PM to see the bus go down the street. And I'd be like, yes, now we can go play with Matt and Joe. And, uh, that was legit. Like how I lived my life for my, you know, for about five years, probably. Uh, and then, you know, obviously I went to high school. I was really shy. Uh, I just do like, I never, I don't know what it was, but I suppose being homeschooled, I I benefited greatly from that experience. And then there was also that I had a big thing of self-esteem to overcome, uh, to overcome. And, you know, by high school that, that happened, uh, somewhat. So that's good. But I, even, even when I got to, you know, being on my own down in North Carolina and Raleigh, I was feeling isolated, alienated. Um, and you know, part of that was my own fault. Cause I wasn't putting myself out there on a consistent basis. Um, I, I was, I was dealing with what happens when you get really focused on, on goals and, and, you know, working towards your vision, it can alienate you from a lot of peers because a lot of you guys may be friends with people who, uh, invite you out on the weekend, which is fine. But, you know, even when you're just hanging out, you know, everything in moderation, right? It, it's just right. that it, it, it really, you become repulsive to people who aren't, pers- who aren't looking to achieve. You become repulsive because when you're around, it reminds them of what they're not doing. So even if they like you and they respect you and they want to see you do well, they're going to maybe not treat you bad, but you're not going to keep, you're not going to get those invites to hang out and sit around and play Fortnite. You're not going to get those. Maybe you'll get one invite and you end up not going because you already had work scheduled in work in that time slot and you just stopped getting invited. So you become a little alien, alienated and uh, isolated. And so in 2018, I really decided that even if I was feeling dejected or I, I decided I was going to keep putting myself out there. And this was the year that I really did that. And it, it helped my life a lot. Um, even going b- back in time a bit for you guys listening. Um, yeah, man, 20, 2017, um, it, it was actually halfway through the year of 2016. I had burnt just about every bridge, including family, family relationships were strained. Uh, and then my best friend at the time and still is to this day, my little sister, uh, put a boundary between us and said, until you kind of stop treating people like this, I can't be close to you cause I don't feel safe. And that really woke me up. And then I talked with, you know, people I trust and respect, and they actually recommended a book to me called soul care, which is a, a great read for anyone interested, but it's just like it sounds. It's about letting God heal your soul and, uh, you know, grieving losses, um, you know, getting over shame and, in, and, and guilt and understanding that God isn't going to condemn you. He just wants to love you. He's already forgiven you. You know, Jesus has already accepted the debt for all of our wrongdoing. So if you actually walk around in shame and, and this is how deep it got, you know, I just started studying it. Cause we, 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 we think we're doing people a favor when we act ashamed, right? Like you may be like, Oh, well, like I did wrong. So I'm going to walk around like, Oh, you know, I messed up and it's a self-centered right. You know what I mean? Though it's it's a self-centered posture. It's not healthy, and you're not doing anyone any favors. You're actually just might as well just be walking around, uh, you know, like really self-centered because that's what it is. So when I understood that shame is bad, 
uh, I started to let the Lord root that out of my heart. And so now, even when I mess up in life, which is every day to in, in, in some aspect, um, I, I look at it like I'm aware of the fact that it does not make me a bad, um, well, it does not make me like shame should never be lingering. And a big way to tackle shame is to fight against keeping secrets and the real truth of it is, man, like everybody has secrets or maybe not, but everybody has stuff that they are feel weird about talking about for guys. It could be porn and masturbation. It could be, you know, um, whatever. Maybe they have like a Tinder app and they're ashamed of it. Like, I don't care what it is. Everybody's got something they just don't really want to talk about. Um, but the fact is when you get a group of people who you can trust and you have a consensus that nobody's going to stab someone in the back and you, you start spilling, you're not spilling, you're not spilling your guts but you start talking about that stuff openly and allow the, the light to be shined in all the dark corners of yourself, you really start to be able to live way more open. And so for me, um, that's what it came down to. You know, I went through a lot of healing. Um, I had to forgive myself as well. And I also had to accept Christ's forgiveness for me. Like I, I don't think you can truly accept Christ's forgiveness if you're unwilling to forgive yourself. So that's a big thing, man. I know we're getting deep, deep. but... Yeah. yeah. Wow. Dude, that's, uh, that's awesome. Um, you know, I just, just hearing that there are a lot of similarities, uh, you know, when I came to Christ as well, you know, uh, I know we've spoken before on this, but just the fact that like, it was a relationship kind of, that was the spark of that path going back to God, you know? And it's, it's just funny how sometimes like something has to happen where you, you realize like, Hey, I can't do it on my own. You try to like change yourself. You try this, that, and the fourth, and you just realize like you can't. And, and that's why we need a savior. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I want to say five years ago, I was in a relationship myself and you know, everything went well, but I was realizing that the relationship really wasn't glorifying God and it was pulling me away from him. And I remember before I got in the relationship, I, I said that if that were to happen, I would leave it immediately kind of thing. And you know, like I said, you know, my, my ex had treated me right, all the good stuff. But, uh, I think one huge barrier was that her religious views I had come to find out were very different. Now people may say they're similar. I, I don't believe so, but you know, Catholicism and Christianity, uh, do have a lot of differences. And so I wanted to be with somebody who was like-minded spiritually. And I, I knew the answer I was going to get was, you know, I was raised like this and I'm not going to change for you. And so like, that was fine. But, uh, me having ended the relationship kind of left me at a point where it's like, you know, a uh, God, I ended it. Why do I still feel weird about this? Why do I still feel like I'm the one that got dumped? I'm the one that got like rejected. And, um, uh, you know, I remember God telling me in a prayer, go to church and literally that night, bro. I went to church and the whole service was literally about relationships. It was Man. about, it was the, I remember they had couples on stage, you know, talking about what led up to the relationship. And I remember, you know, my youth pastor was, had like a, a metaphor almost where it was like an avocado when you really want one, but it's not ripe yet. You leave <laughs> dissatisfied. Yeah. <laughs> True. And, um, and it was so the true. A small and little like, window. <laughs> yeah. And bro, and it, it and it's just amazing how 
I was there and I was like, you know, was this was this whole thing catered to me? I mean, like no one knew I was attending service that night. It was literally through prayer. God was like, go to church. And I was like, all right, say no more. And, um, you know, I've been going since. So like, dude, that's that's it's amazing how, you know, God was able to bring you to him through those circumstances. So, uh, dude, that that's, that's, that's amazing. And I'm glad you're where you're at now, man. Uh, you're incredibly successful in so many different areas. I mean, like the podcast, like, you know, I, I did research well in advance and like some of the guests, man, like it's amazing. Like for, for like Thomas Frank, you've had as a guest on your show and like, I follow his YouTube channel, you know, and so how did, like, I'm, I just out of curiosity, how did that whole thing happen? Because, yeah. you know, I watch this stuff all the time just for being more efficient with time. I know he does so many different videos on being more time efficient. He does, I know his YouTube channel really focuses on like the student and how to be more organized, reading more books. And, and, and so tell me a little bit more about that, man. Cause that, like, when I saw that, I was like, wait, what? You had Thomas Frank on the show? Like, and I believe if I'm not mistaken, he was he was one of your first guests on the podcast, which is amazing. So, how did that whole thing happen? Like, how did I get him on the show? Yeah, or... like what led up to like yeah that whole thing behind it. Like that's see that's amazing. So, um, yeah, how did you get him on the show? Like, was for it sure. just? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and don't forget, I want to go back to the church going to church thing, but Absolutely. I yeah, man, that's all God. Like. And it's also like I I do ha I did have a part in it. I just stepped out in faith that you know this is going to work. So did you did you get a chance to listen to that episode? In the beginning, I actually talked to him. Uh, probably. So yeah, it, it he wasn't one of my first guests, but he was. In, I reached out to him early on, and I hadn't okay. even launched ten episodes yet, Angel. And he actually said a really cool detailed email back. By the way, anyone who doesn't know Thomas Frank, he has over 1.3 million subscribers on YouTube. His videos are very good. He is literally, I don't know if he's OCD. I'm not dissing him. It's just his, he's very talented and polished. His content is very helpful as well. So I, I as well have learned a lot from him, but he makes videos that help you be more productive. And whether you're a student in college, in the real world, I just, I'm a student of life. So I, I, I like, I like checking out a lot of his content. So anyway. I was like, yeah, let me get Thomas on the show. My podcast is all about, you know, connecting proactive young professionals, building your, um, building your skill set, and become a more valuable entrepreneur. So I, I was like, yeah, let me reach out to him. He contacted me back and said, he's like, look, you, you know, I get asked these. You know what? Let me, dude, I'm gonna do one better. I'm gonna pull up the the email he sent me. Okay, <laughs> it, it's really good, and you'll see why I'm gonna read it in a second. Uh, but he emails me. And basically just denies me, but he was really nice about it. And he said, look, like I get tons of requests for podcasts. Uh, you know, no one really lasts after five episodes. People just quit. And, you know, this, that, and a third. And I'm like, dude, I will show him that I am serious. I'm going to come back. So I'll read you the email here. Let me see if I, oh, shoot, it won't let me look for it. What? Let me see. I think I can find it. I know I can find it. Why is it not letting me? That's really irritating, but I'm going to find it. Let me check. <laughs> yeah, my, my Wi-Fi is acting real weird right now. This is bizarre. Error while reading data from the database. Sorry, guys. Okay, so basically he emails me and says, hey, um, you know, your your podcast sounds just like everyone else's podcast. Like, I'm not even kidding. This is kind of what his email said. Um, 
he's like, I don't want to discourage you, but I really recommend getting very focused on one small topic right off the bat. Otherwise, like you'll probably never make it. You'll probably fail type thing. And uh, it sounds mean, but he was actually that's incredibly helpful because he can save you a ton of time and heartache for like years of working on something that's not focused. So I was like, all right, this is kind of like he's trying to discourage me. He has a podcast. Is he low key like scared that I'm a threat like long term? But no, he he never even heard of me. He didn't know what I was doing, anything really. So um, it was really just sincere. And I appreciated that. He also said, once you have 10 episodes come back and reach out to me again. So I said, I will. And I did, I did 10, 11 episodes. I reached out to him. We got him scheduled and he came on the show and he, you know, wow. it was, he was really cool. He was a great guest, very tactical episode. I think it was in the thirties if you wanted to check that out, but that's how I got him on dude. And yeah. That's amazing, man. That's amazing. Wow. So I, I know you wanted to get back to you know, God, of course, in this, you know what I mean? And it's amazing how he's able to open doors, you know, through yeah. the podcast. And so, you know, so tell, tell me a little bit more about that. Like, where are you right now in terms of like your faith? Um, Man. You know, where, where are you right now with, you know, with God, you would say like, dude, I've never felt so much faith before in my entire life. And I think it comes from action that I've taken this past year and him showing me yeah, if you step up and you put yourself out there and you try, I will reward that and um, I will work. And so I legit have prayed, God, I want to have these people on my show. And an example of that, if you got, if any of your listeners have heard of Ed Milet, Ed is uh, exploding. Uh, he's a popular entrepreneur, businessman. I I don't think he's a billionaire, but he's friends with like, you know, um, with Tom Brady. He's friends with Tony Robbins. He's, he's like boys with these people. And, uh, he's just been living a, you know, quietly generous life, but some friends in told him you should start putting yourself out there. So anyway, um, you know, he gets, I, I DM him on Instagram and I was like, look, I know you're a busy man. Uh, but you know, I think you would really resonate with the message of my podcast. It seems like you're also, uh, you know, a Christ follower, which I actually didn't say that in this DM, but, uh, I said, you know, I know you're busy. Would you get, so he, he responded back and said, Hey brother, uh, you know, something like, uh, you know, I, you know, my team, my team's going to have to screen you and just email this email. So I said, I will. And dude, he came on the show, came on the show (laughs) and like we chopped it up and he was like one of my favorite guests. And we talked about his faith and one of the biggest questions I asked him, because as you start to really put yourself out there and try to grow in business and entrepreneurship and networking is you realize networking is one of the biggest things of success is relationship. Yeah, so I, was like, I was like, dude, you're connected with some really heavy hitters, really heavy hitters in, in the entrepreneur business space. Uh, and a lot of them are, you know, low key, very vile in the way that they approach their um, life in partying. Like they maybe use drugs and party hard and, you know, maybe they attend orgies and like, I, I hope not. But some some very rich and famous people do that kind of stuff. Like, that's just how it is. Definitely. <laughs> you know, and so I'm thinking to myself, how are you so cool with these people and still maintaining your values? And so I asked him that I was like, you know, all the true connections, friendships, networking really happens at the after party. And, um, you know, you don't realize that until you start getting invited to these and you're like, all right, I don't really want to go to that. But he said he goes maybe he'll go for like an hour or so, but he doesn't like to hang out. And he said like, every, there's always a point in time at the club or at a party where the the vibe changes. And he said, before that time comes, he always leaves. And, uh, you know, he really only, you know, nobody needs to see him get drunk. So he never drinks really in public, at least not much, um, you know, just stuff like that. And 
the interview was really cool. Uh, I asked him how he got saved, and you know, I hadn't heard him directly talk about that on any interviews. But yeah, I, I dude, the faith is just soaring because look, guys, like if you put yourself out there, you might get crash and burn. I mean, I have a list, right? I have a list of hundreds of people I've reached out to, and most of them never get, got back to me. Most of them either that or they said, hey, not now, um, or they just said no, or they intentionally misunderstood my email. Like I emailed a couple people saying, hey, I'd be a great guest for your show. Like that's actually what it said. And they were responding yeah. like they will actually respond and say, hey, I'd love to be a guest on your show. And I'm like, oh, no, sorry. <laughs> like I'm not I'm not trying to have you on my show, uh, but I will be a guest on your show. So it's just like a lot of rejection. And um, it's funny. But, you know, that's kind of dude. like the faith is. Man, it, I, I'm really, I, I don't know if Steve Harvey is actually like a sol a solid Christian. I think he is a believer though, and uh, uh -huh. he's he's got like a really cool motivational talk he did, and in that talk he said something to the effect of you need to up your ask a s k ask uh, of God in terms of like what you want him to do for your life. So people will pray like, oh, let me have money to pay for gas or let me be able to make rent payments, and he's like. Why are you praying for that? Like God, you think God can't do that? You need to, he's like, how do you not have a working car? How do you not going to even have a working car? And he's saying like, you need to have more faith, like up your ask and let God actually fulfill that ask. And, um, man, it's, it's, it's actually reigning true in my life. And I, I, I just have been told, I believe by the Holy spirit multiple times to keep going. Uh, I'm trying to be sensitive to his direction in the way he wants to steer this ship. So I will obey him. Uh, but man, it's, uh, it, dude, it's, it's like literally nothing God can't do and open no door. He won't open. Um, if you have pure intentions, it really does set the tone as well for you to just go confidently in the direction you feel called in. Dude, that is amazing. That's amazing. I, I think, I think more people need to understand that it all comes from that, right? Because faith is super important. I mean, all we need is the, is the, the size of a mustard seed and we could move mountains, right? So I definitely agree that faith is such a huge thing. And I think in a lot of, for sure. I, I, I want to hear what you're going to say, man. I'm sorry. I just have to say this before I forget. Uh, if you're listening and you're like, uh, let me go back. All right. So I didn't tell you something about my story. And based on your audience, Angel, I think they might be interested to hear this. Um, sure. I, I grew up a pastor's kid. So without any effort on my part, I got to see people come and go and come and go and come and go my entire life. And that's a huge, that played a huge part into why I'd feel isolated, why I felt friendships were hard to maintain. Because of course, my best friends would be going to my church for a few years and then, oh, their parents decide they're going to leave. So they would leave. Um, and you know, that's pretty much a cycle in any church. There's always a few core families that stay long-term, but then like everyone else, maybe they come for a season, uh, then they, they trickle out, they go somewhere else, they move away, whatever the case may be. And, right. you know, as a kid, man, like the last time I had a best friend, I was nine years old. Wow. Like to this day, that's a fact. And, uh, God has made me very courageous through that. And uh, I'm grateful for it. And I look back at the experience of being a pastor's kid and realizing that it forced me to develop emotional intelligence. It forced me to work into self-awareness. It forced me to seek him. It forced me to listen to the word of God. Even if I wasn't present mentally, I would still sit there, hear more scripture, hear the word of God almost every week. And, you know, my, my, my father was a very good man and he's still to this day. Uh, but I really, I, the more I look back, the more I respect and appreciate him and my mother as well, because they never forced me. 
Like if I, if I had made a big fuss and said, I'm not going today. Yeah. They'd be disappointed and they'd probably have some words with me later, but they never would force me. They never told me like, you need to wear this. You know, I, I can remember even from like age 10 on, I don't even think my parents cared what I wore to church. You know, they didn't really care what, what kind of haircut I had. So I really am forever grateful to them for not being legalistic and for actually showing me the love of Christ by just by example. And, uh, you know, my father's a very gifted preacher and, I, I know for a fact that just hearing so much of the Word of God growing up has really put a strong anointing on my walk and a strong favor on my walk. And I know I'm probably a little advantaged in the sense of being covered in prayer from others that know me because I'm his son. And uh, I am so grateful for that, man. Like, there's been so many times, you know, like the big mistakes that really throw people's lives and derail them that I've been so close to the edge. Like, by the skin of my teeth, I missed really falling down those chasms like multiple times, whether that's partying, whether that's, you know, like sex, things like this. Oh my gosh. All, yep. dude, like so close, <laughs> dude. And I just know God, like it's because people like prayer works, faith works. So you need to literally faith is the fertilizer for your dreams and for your life. And Amen. Yep. ultimately for allowing God to work in your life. Like it's not that God can't do it, but he wants to see your reciprocation in faith. And if you're just being like stubborn, like, ah, God doesn't really care about, oh, he can't, he's not going to really do that. Like, yo, yes, he will. You better watch because he will. And the craziest thing is when you actually start to say, okay, let's see, you know, even if you're angry with God, I might get into that as well. Even if you are, let's see what you got. I, I want to see if God will move here. Obviously, I, I don't really think God's going to be appreciative of you having a, an angry heart towards him, but um, he, he, uh, he loves you anyway. So if you have faith truly and really ask and really have faith in your heart that, uh, He'll he'll move, and it may not be how you think you wanted him to, but uh, long term, oh yeah, it's crazy. I'm yeah. sorry, I'm sorry, I cut you off, man. No, I love that because you know it's super important that people understand that how how important faith is. I mean, and especially people pray about small things, which is great, but God can do so so much. You know what I mean? And you had you had mentioned before about. You know, it's cool about praying for like, you know, money for the gas or the car. But what about the big things? What about the big picture? Because, mm. you know, it's almost limiting as to what you think God is able to do. And it, it's super important to realize like God, God has big, important plans for our lives. I always try to make sure that I convey through the podcast that every single person on this planet has been given a very important mission by God. And every that's why we all have specific talents, abilities. Some people can speak really well. Some people know how to build a house and can read a manual to something. For example, like I remember I had to build a desk and I'm not good at that stuff. I look at the instructions on how to build it and it looks like another language. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, no joke. I look at it and I go, oh, come on. And my brother, it's, it's just like, he looks at it and goes, okay, give me this, give me that. Like, and so he's gifted in that with to be able to use his hands to create things and build. And I'm horrible at that. I'm more like the artistic kid um, because I was never much of an athlete either and stuff. So like, I, I get that. I remember this was a weird way of like God showing me faith when it was, it was just so crazy that like, there's no way anyone can convince me it's a coincidence. I remember, I want to say like it was two years now I was driving home from a college fair. Cause I was doing recruiting back yeah. then for the college. And I was coming like, I think all the way from 
Brooklyn, if I'm not mistaken. But anyways, I, I'm, I, I've said this before, you know, on the podcast, I'm an aggressive driver. I'm not proud of it. I, I, I work on ways of improving that meaning I got, I got a, I got a story for you later, bro. <laughs> but, uh, I'm the kind of guy where if I can make that last minute turn or I can force my way into a lane, I'll do so. So anyways, there were four lanes on the road uh-huh. and the the GPS was telling me last minute that the left the two left lanes were the ones that I should get on. And what I didn't realize is that in the middle of the lanes as they split is this concrete structure. Not not that tall, but it was enough to really mess up the tire of my car. So you know, long story short, you know, I pull off to the side of the road and a car pulls up right behind me, like from the turn. And they said, you know, we thought you were like something happened to you and that's why you weren't driving well. And so they were trying to, you know, help fix the tire of the car. A mistake was made. And so we needed a special jack to lift the car up because the tire, we couldn't fit it properly. And instead of putting the old tire back in, we just put the car back down and the thing is now there's nothing really pushing the car up you know what i'm saying so like we couldn't use now a regular um jack to lift up the car to put the tire oh, in. so we yeah, needed, yeah. like we needed like a mechanic grade um you know right, uh, right. lift it up and i'm like oh boy like who's gonna have that you know what i mean so <laughs> i i call triple a i think it was and they go well we're gonna be able to help you within two hours and i'm like this is crazy oh man you're on the side of the road (laughs) exactly and the thing is the the road was right off of an exit so if like you decide to help me you got like three seconds to decide or else like you're gonna you're gonna miss me and um a car pulls up and he the the guy coming out the car goes oh yeah i go to mechanic school and i'm like oh my gosh this is crazy like i had prayed like a couple minutes i'm like god just help me it was like a short prayer but i'm like god like you see the situation i'm in help me and um so he he was able to use his uh jack to lift up the car but but he said now we have a problem the car is only will go high a certain amount and it's and we need something else to bring the car up higher so another guy pulls over and has the exact jack that we need to lift the car up. But now we have another problem. So it seemed like every time there was someone there, there was another problem that we had to fix. And the next person always had the solution. It, it was insane. So in total, there were like six cars on the shoulder lane helping my car get back on the road. It was insane because I'm a guy, you know, so most people are just going to pass by. You know what I mean? Not to be sexist, but it's like people assume – Oh, they, a man, yeah, they, a man you, knows how to do it, it. Yeah. exactly and that's not what happened and so it was amazing so we needed wooden blocks because my car was on grass and grass is soft so we needed something hard to press against the car so that it can go up and then someone pulls up and has wooden blocks he goes hey you guys need this Let's and go. i'm like this <laughs> i'm like this is insane so you know, I, I took a picture and I had put it on Instagram just to show like how amazing God is that he had my back. I had faith. I'm like, God, you know, I, <laughs> at the time I didn't know how to change a tire. And I'm like, God, help me out because I really would rather not spend two hours having to wait here when I'm literally 10 minutes away from my house. And like, you know, Lord behold, I had six people help me get this car back on the road. And it was amazing because when you think number seven is God's number and including me all together, there were seven people 
uh-huh. working on to get this car back on the road. And I was just like, I came back home. I told my, you know, my mom, I'm like, God is amazing because he, he had my back in that situation. You know, he, he didn't have to do that. And, and yet he showed me through something like that, that like, dude, don't worry. Like I got your back. So like, just like, it's just amazing what faith can do and just realizing, because I, I try to live by this day by day, worry about nothing, pray about everything. Because as time goes by, you begin to see, you know what? I really shouldn't have worried about it because there came God again, you know? He came through and helped me in this situation. So you said you had something similar. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, my story was actually like I had a horrible car accident um, and it was partially like I drove with a lot of pride and I think God wanted to pop my ego. So he used that to teach me a big lesson and I lost the car. I was spinning 360s down the highway on a rainy day with moving with trucks like flying past me, I was slammed into the guardrail, made a huge dent, lost my front bumper. I mean, the car was completely totaled, smacked off the guardrail again and back out into traffic. Thank God I didn't get hit. But uh, yeah, I mean, that circumstance like woke me up to realize, you know, God's got me covered, but he's getting impatient with my own pride and ego. And I need to start moving forward in obedience to him in every area, not just the areas that work for me right now. Wow. Dude, that's amazing because, like, even in that situation, God, like, obviously showed a lot of grace because some people have to learn even harder, you know? Like, thank God that, like, you didn't get injured or didn't lose a limb or or something, you know? Because some people can be a little bit more, like— now, I don't want to say stubborn or anything like that, but you, you, I think you know what I mean, like yeah, where 100%. sometimes something harder has to happen for them to realize certain things. And it sucks that sometimes that has to happen, but um, I, I'm just, I'm glad by the grace of God you, you came, you know, a, out of that, um, you know, safe, which is yeah. great. So my airbag didn't even go off either. It was really bad. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it, 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 it literally um, felt like, have you ever ridden on those, um, uh, you know, sometimes they're in the shape of a teacup and they spin really fast at like an amusement park. I, uh, I'm embarrassed to say, I, yes, I have. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, yeah, I, mean, I knew, I knew you had. So no, um, the teacup ride is like puts G forces on you as you spin in like a circle of a circle. So it's hard to explain if you've never ridden it, but if you have ridden in it and you've been it and you've been on that ride with some psychopaths who try to spin you faster than you should go. Uh, that's <laughs> what it was kicking in. Yeah. Literally like I had my hands on nine and three o'clock on my steering wheel and I was literally just going, um, like you have zero control. I literally was spinning down the highway. I couldn't see anything. A car or a truck could come up and wail into my car any moment. And dude, I mean, I can, as I'm explaining, I can picture going across three lanes from the, all the way in the right lane, all the way across the three lanes, spinning and hitting the guardrail. And then still with the momentum going down the highway, my tail, my car spun around and hit the guardrail as well. And I just remember, dude, I remember thinking like one, I was like, stop, like, stop. Like I wanted the car to (laughs) stop and it just kept going. And I was like, dude, this car needs to stop right now. And it wouldn't just kept bouncing around. I was like, don't, oh my goodness. Uh, but dude, hundred percent. So one one thing I want to go back to was the reason I talked about being raised a pastor's kid and 
that kind of fueled my anger and isolation and um, not not being a pastor's kid particularly, but certain things that happened. But I'm sure there was pressure behind that, right? I mean, I mean, not honestly, not that much. If anything, as a kid, ignorance was bliss. Like I didn't. If people were nice to me and maybe they were asking me questions to try to like find out information, I low key I thought as a kid that they just cared about me, which a lot of them did. But looking yeah. back, looking back, you know, there was a lot of. You know, obviously, you know, any church, you know, I'm not saying anything bad about any person or individuals, but there's always going to be some people who, you know, they have bad intentions. And most people didn't. Oh, absolutely. I, 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 I believe most people had good intentions. Right. And and really cared about me, which which is why I felt loved so much. But, yeah, I mean, there was pressure with that. And what, what the main pressure comes into play that I wasn't aware of at the time. Right. Is anyone that I was friends with usually came through my the church I was a part of. And here, get this, their parents are going to tell their kids, be on your best behavior. The pastor's kid is your friend, right? So right. every time, like, let's say I was going to go hang out with you, Angel, as like a 10-year-old and your parents or whatever were like, yo, you need to behave yourself. This is the pastor's kid. So like, even without me wanting that, that was always kind of there. And I, I mean, it probably was protective for me and kind of sheltered me, but also hindered a lot of potential friendships that could have been fostered. And I didn't realize back then that it was just the parents perhaps trying to protect their own reputation or ego by telling their kid to behave themselves instead of me thinking like, oh, I just I'm not cool enough to hang out with them or get invited over again and stuff like that. So, you know, I I, I mean, that hurt. Um, but, you know, obviously, then you grow out of that, you grow into empowerment, anger. I got this. I'm self-sufficient. I'm going to show everybody you'll, you'll see. So I went through that whole stage. I gained like a hundred pounds of muscle. I, I grew, I, I got into sports. I got, um, you know, I was, I was still a compassionate person at heart, but a lot of anger and unforgiveness had filled my heart. And, um, you know, I think that's part of the reason I was so, uh, into certain types of music, never, never into metal or anything, but like hip hop can be very angry at times, stuff like that. Um, sure. You know, and so, yeah, I, I just I think that that ultimately was used to forge me into a warrior long term. And then God brought me to a place of breaking me and and showing me like I need to surrender, not just the areas of, yeah, I'll go to church. Yeah, I'll go to, uh, you know, I'll 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 do this for the Lord, but I'm not going to go join a community because no one's going to ever hurt me again. Like that was my mentality. And I still struggle with that. I still struggle with trust. But now I made a decision last year. I'm going to press on. I'm going to keep putting myself out there, even if there's bad people even in the church, okay, who are plugged in. Maybe they're even in leadership. And I have information that not everyone else does, and I know that they're actually somebody who, yes, they they should be forgiven, and I should just let it go. But I know in my heart that, yeah, they low-key shouldn't be in that position, at least in my opinion. But who am I to judge anyway, right? So it, it, right. You know, it comes down to, like, not being self-righteous and really acknowledging that to obey God and say you have a good relationship with Christ Jesus is actually saying a lot. It means that you're going to actually submit to his authority in every area. My boy actually is a <clears throat> borderline semi-pro MMA fighter, um, and I visited him last year. And he encouraged me, man, by telling me, like, he he, he was telling me, he's like, look, dude, my life changed because he and I are very similar, like just the total fighter mentality. No one's going to ever hurt me again. I'll level like my mentality is always like, I don't care if you're bigger, stronger, richer, I will level you and I will walk away the champ because I will not be hurt again. And if you beat me, I'm going to come back and and just level you like that was always my mentality. Yeah. 
And uh, I know a lot of people can relate to that, but it's I anger. Can, sure. Yeah, it, it's anger. You know what I mean? And 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 like he told me, I, I, I was like, dude, I he goes, man, I, you know, so similar his upbringing. He actually was bullied. Um, you know, he actually did have a pretty crazy story uh, as well with like women and stuff like this. But he would go to parties in college and then maybe a girl invited him. And while he was at that party, there were some creepy guys that would maybe they would verbally abuse a girl. And he, he, he told me a story of how he stepped in and legit leveled like five or six guys, one on six. And all of them had to go to the hospital. And it, there was like blood on his fist. And he was really ashamed of this story. But he's telling me, he's like, dude, like I was a very angry person. And, you know, that heart of a warrior is beautiful and that protector as well. But to not be in community and to just let those wounds fester and not heal in community. So one of my past podcast guests was actually the author of that book I mentioned to you guys before called Soul Care. And in that book, he talks about how, and he brought this up on my podcast interview with him as well. He said, if you are somebody who was burned or hurt in community, the only way to heal that is in community. So I was like, man, wow. yeah, yeah. And I said, wow, let me give this a try because that's a fact. I know I've been burned. I've been, I've seen people, you know, literally, you know, talk behind my back for no reason, just because they were jealous of me. And I, and the hardest part about this, right, is like, when you actually have good intentions and you're not a bad person, um, you, maybe you come across like really harsh or maybe you come across like people aren't sure about you or whatever, or maybe like you're angry, right. but you know, in your heart, like you're a good dude, you're not going to backstab people. Like my biggest thing is loyalty. Exactly. I'm, I'm so loyal, man. Like I am so loyal. And when that's not reciprocated, my anger gets really like it, it gets like poked. Like if you don't, like if you betray me, at this point in my life, I'll be like, okay, I recognize that. And I'll just, you know, you know, move forward and forget about that person. But in the past I'd be like, all right, seriously, like I put myself on the line, I'm loyal to you. And you went and talked about me behind my back just because I make you insecure. And it was like, that kind of stuff really bothered me, really bothered me. It still is annoying to this day. Um, but it's not the same now. Now I can just forgive. And I can also realize like, I don't need to worry about that at all. And in fact, I should step up and not shy away from, you know, if people are, 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 you know, mistreating you or disrespecting you, I will call them out. I'll put them on blast. I will tease them. I'll make them laugh. I'll embarrass them. And it's out of love. And it's also low key. Like I know what you're doing and I'm going to call you out on it. In the past, I was self-righteous. I thought, oh, I'll be the nice guy. I don't want to cause a confrontation or anything. And, and, and so when I say like, I'll call people out, I don't mean it harshly. I, I I'm talking about like, I'll wait for a time to like, that's not even correct. So the way I found around that is uh, I'm getting off track. Let me go back. Okay. Community. I got plugged into community this past year, but it was really only because I kept pressing on and kept pressing on. And really, I, I realized if I want this in my life, I have to be willing to facilitate it. So I actually started an accountability group and I, there's two other guys in this group. You know, they're two, two of my friends now. And, uh, awesome. I, I appreciate their friendship and accountability. Um, you know, we're not super close or anything, but we meet every two weeks and it's great. It's a great experience and it is awesome. It really is. And it is because I took the step and the initiative to reach out to each of them individually and said, Hey, uh, you know, are you going to be willing to try this out? They both said, yes, we all meet up. And I said, all right, let's talk. And I said, you know, before we get started, you know, if you guys think this is going to be a good thing for your life, are you willing to commit? Yes or no. Right off the bat. 
So everyone said, yes, I'm committed to this. I will commit to meeting every two weeks. And so we've been doing it every two weeks ever since then, a few months ago. And it's really blessed my life. And that's one example of community. But man, um, I'm really passionate about people who are not <sighs> plugging into their churches and who are angry at God, you know, and who are isolating themselves or they feel alone or like all they have is their pain and that, you know, I'll share a story with you guys as well. Um, I know I'm kind of monologuing here. Uh, I walked into my church I go to now. It's called Hope Community Church. And one of the biggest things was the people were very nice and sincere. Um, it was like actual, I could tell people had good intentions, which I hadn't experienced for a while. And I said, you know, I'll give this a shot. I'll keep going. And uh, I want to eventually commit to serving as well, which I learned that that's also important because so few people actually commit to this. But I I, I, I I walked in one week, right? And one of the like uh, young adult pastors, um, I don't think I've ever told him this directly, but I walked in and I was alone. I, always, I almost always go to church alone, uh, which I don't like doing, but I would do that. And so I walked in and I was like five minutes late or whatever. It's a big church, so there's plenty of seats. But as I was walking into the auditorium or the sanctuary, uh, he like patted me on the back and he just said, I'm glad you're here. And I felt like it was a word from Jesus. I felt like it was, you know, it was just a loving word of, you know, like, I'm glad you're here. And that's all he said. I was like, man, like that so impacted me. And I don't know why, but it was the right word at the right time. I'm really grateful for that. Um, and, you know, definitely brought me back to, uh, you know, be a part of church. And, you know, to this day, I, I don't, I, I still struggle with being very strict on, okay, a church attendance, this and that, but I do get plugged in. I show up, my, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I show up more for my friends. Uh, I try to be present. I try to serve and I've, I've actually stepped up to now be a, um, a young adult leader at the church as well as. Oh, wow. A, wow um, that's amazing, man. Congrats. Dude, and, and also I'm going to be going on a trip in March with a group of people to, uh, do some street evangelism as well. Uh, on the West Coast. So if you guys could be in prayer wow. for that, I really appreciate that. If you guys would pray for our team. Uh, Absolutely. But, but man, it, it it hit me as well. Like I always felt like the outcast and the and the alienated, isolated guy. But then I realized, so no one's committing. I'm not actually the act. I'm not actually I'm not actually an outcast. Nobody is committing. I mean, somewhere, but so few people. I I kind of felt like everyone else already knew everyone and was doing everything. It's just not the case. So I looked at it honestly, and I was like, "Dude, it's my it's my time to step up. I need to do something here, and uh, they need my help." And re <clears throat> realizing that I was needed, uh, kind of convicted me to step up. Wow, dude, that's amazing. That's amazing. I, I want to kind of you know backtrack a little bit what you said earlier because you know how you're a warrior, and you know we were all created to be as such, right? Uh, part of God's army, of course. And it's interesting how. It, it the enemy likes to use it negatively because you know I, I do share a lot of similarities. I remember in high school, I had a chip on my shoulder. Looking back, especially where I grew up in a single house, a single mother household, and because okay. of that, because I wasn't, I, I didn't really have like a father figure growing up. I felt like I had to prove to mm -hmm. other people that. I'm still a man at the end of the day because yeah. I remember like the enemy would throw things at me like, Hey, you're a mama's boy, things like that. And it affects you. It really does. And I, I just remember throughout 
you know, high school, I got into so many issues with like upperclassmen and things like that. Like people would try to, you know, bully, but like I had such a mouth that it didn't really work. And I'd get into so many issues and trouble and mm-hmm. stuff like that because I just felt like I had to prove to other people, even, you know, now it's something that I'm still working on where people have said, you know, uh, when you're next to another guy, it almost looks like you're sizing them up and it's not intentional, but, uh, it, you know, it might be like a subconscious mechanism where it's like I'm on the defense, you know, and the enemy had used that for so many years that yeah. mentality to be used for good instead to be used on the defense and possibly pushing people away who may notice that and may not want to be around somebody who always feels a need to prove something to someone. And, you know, I had I had, you know, my youth pastor tell me, you have nothing to prove to anyone. You know, your identity is with Christ. And he's so right about that. And so it's it's helped me work on it differently you know, as opposed to before, because I didn't really recognize it wasn't even an issue. And so it's allowed me to be, I would say more open, you know, I don't open my heart completely just to anyone, just, you know, right off the get go, but to just realize that I don't have to prove I am blank, blank and blank to the next person, whatever that may be, you know, I don't need to prove that I'm strong or tough because my identity is with Christ and not these attributes. And God already sees us as warriors. Um, I remember one time, you know, I was at a worship service and, you know, God spoke through a leader and said to me that your your parents didn't name you angel. I did. God did. And wow. that I, I'm a warrior. And I remember reading a book where that came up. And I just remember, like, I broke down because yeah. the enemy, uh, it was a book called Wild at Heart. Yeah, it, amazing, amazing book. book. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, amazing book, and it helped me a lot with, you know, moving on from wounds that I didn't know were still there from having grown up in a single mother household, not wow. not having my dad around while growing up, and you know I had forgiven him, but I didn't know that there were still wounds there that I was hiding, and so it opened those back up because sometimes you need to, to, to really get true healing from God. And as I was reading the book, cause the book is really centered around men and how in our childhood we were attacked in our hearts by the enemy and how mm. that's really shaped how we've grown up since that. Yeah. And the whole point, of course, the book, as you know, is to get back to those issues back then and get to the center of it. And of course, get healing from them. So, mm. you know, I remember I was in this six month, a six week, uh, group, you know, we called ourselves the Wolf Pack in the church with a couple of, you know, other members. And we would discuss the chapters, you know, every single week. We It came with a workbook and we watched. It was a DVD, I think, that went with the book as well. So it was amazing. Um, but I remember, you know, I was by myself and the enemy had put in my head, like, you're nothing but a mama's boy. Like that, you you didn't have a father to teach you, wow. you know, how to, how to be able to talk to other people or how to approach women or how to defend yourself, you know, different things like that. And in in the book... It said, you know, you are a warrior. And I just remember that reminding me of what God had said prior. And I broke down. And it's and how how true is it that, you know, we at the end of the day are 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 meant to be soldiers on under God's army. You know, we are strong, we are more than conquerors through Jesus. And these attributes, the enemy likes to attack them and twist them in a way where it's it's used in a negative light. And so 
you know, it's amazing how our upbringings or, you know, uh, there's, there's similarities in it because I went through a phase two where, you know, sure, I grew up in church, but I wasn't necessarily living it the way I should be. Mm-hmm. You know, you had said before how close you were to, you know, drugs and sex. And I, dude, I get, I get it because, you know, in high school, I was, I was the kid who was hanging around the wrong crowd and some of the people didn't become the wrong crowd anymore. You know, they grew up out of it. But for the most part, I was like my lunch table in high school was like all the minorities. And I grew up in a predominantly Jewish community. And so I lived in an area where the minorities kind of lived at. And so when they looked at us, they, they were, they automatically thought, you know, these kids are trouble. And, you know, maybe some of them were good at hiding that, but you know, that's, that's how, that's how I was able to perceive things. And so I was always around them. They were going to parties, drinking, sleeping, you know, with women and parties and things like that. And I was always the kid who I'd hang around them, but then after school, I'd go back home. (laughs) You know, I, I didn't participate in the things they did. I didn't sleep around, but boy, when they, when, when the, you know, when certain people find out that you don't participate in these things, it seems like now they're more tempted to bring you into that. I remember, you know, being 15 years old and someone had found out that I hadn't lost my virginity. And it was, I was a sophomore and the girl was a senior and she found out and she goes, I want to take it from you. Like very boldly blunt had told me, I want to take it from you. And I had even said, you know, we'll, we'll get someone else involved in this, you know, another girl or whatever. And I'm 15, you know, a lot of other people would have (laughs) jumped at this opportunity, but you know, by the grace of God, you know, I, I still had that, that foundation under me where the Holy spirit was telling me, you know, better don't do it, you know? And I never did. Um, even with drugs, I've hung around people and then a blunt comes out, it gets passed to me and I'm like, nah, I'm good. So it's, it's just amazing how many similarities you and I have. And, you know, through that, you know, God was showing how, like you were still in his hand, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like sure we may have distance, but like God still had a plan for us and it was going to be fulfilled and yeah. he was able to get you and I back. And that's just so, so amazing because we didn't like, I, I, I you know, just speaking for myself, I'm like, God, I don't deserve that. I don't deserve for you to have looked out for me, even when I had distanced myself from you and had claimed to be a Christian, but really wasn't living like it, where I was using swear words, you know, in my vocabulary on a daily basis, even in class, I wasn't, I was an angry kid. I would walk around the school with, Mm. you know, like people had said, you need to smile more, dude. And like, I, 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 I I had that, uh, (laughs) that vibe. (laughs) Yeah, dude, same here. (laughs) Uh, just for anyone listening, who's like, man, you're crazy. You should have slept with that girl in high school. Um, if you're thinking that way, you're thinking eyes of the flesh. So yeah, you have a fleshly desire. Obviously you wanted to, but you were like, look now, like that's not the right decision long-term. And the, the thing is when you sleep with a woman, uh, or if you're a woman listening to this, you sleep with a man, you create a soul tie. It's not a harmless, like, yeah, it's, it's a spiritual tying of two souls and it creates, it creates a knot. And at that point you've created, uh, a, a window to yourself to be sharing demons with her if she's got or if he's got past demons that he hasn't been delivered from um, that are like, you know, fast, are living in his wounds of his soul that he has not yet let the Lord heal, especially if you're talking about someone who is not saved. They don't have the mark of the Holy Spirit on their on their spirit. Um, 
it's a big deal. So, you know, if you, if you're struggling in your life right now and you, you know, you had a similar story to what you just shared angel, like you, you slept around a lot in high school or maybe just once with a girl or a guy and it's like a mistake you feel, but, and like your life is kind of really tripping right now. I would recommend if you're a girl read captivated, um, I think it's called captivated, but it's basically the, yes. the equivalent of the wild at heart. Right. Right. Amazing book. Man, and look into that spiritual warfare, guys, because it's the truth. It's 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 a real thing, as real as we are physical bodies. It's even more real. The spiritual world is even more real. And uh, it says in the Bible, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So we are actually being attacked Man. every single day. And once you realize that you're actually being used to fuel uh, the God of this world, which would be Satan, once you realize that your fleshly desires are being used, you are being exploited. Uh, once you realize that and you, you let God speak into the truth, into that realization and start to take off that, that, that mask that's sucking the life out of you, uh, through negative energy, through, um, you know, sleeping around through masturbation, watching porn through whatever the case may be using drugs. When you use drugs, there's a, there's a foul spirit of pharmacia and you know what, like you cannot do drugs, do not do drugs ever, not even pot because it is a gateway drug. And uh, right now, with how cheap stuff is, it is not worth dabbling even a little bit. Um, it, it's crazy. Like, there are so many things in the spiritual realm that we don't understand fully, uh, but we are told in the Word of God that, that we don't actually wrestle against flesh and blood. It's a spiritual battle, and uh, letting God fight that for us is very important, but also realize that we are very powerful through Christ. So we have a, pl we have a voice. We have the ability to declare truth and proclaim the love of God and proclaim that we are protected and declare that we will fight back uh, and declare that we are, you know, covered in the blood of Christ in Jesus name. Like, we could do this. And, and, you know, it's important that we, we look into how to do that properly so as not to take credit for, for God's help and protection, of course, but, but understanding that that's a real thing. Um, I just wanted to add that. And yeah, man, wild at heart. What a, what a book. Yeah. I, I think, I think it, for those who have read it and really, we're open to it. It really can change somebody's life. You know, uh, I, that, that book made me look at life like in a completely different light. You know, I remember him saying how we're at, we're at war every day. And when I, I, I was first reading that, I'm like, wait, what? But it's true. We we're at spiritual warfare every single day. There are things we don't see that are trying to, enter our lives. And you're right. You know, when you, when you had said that, you know, don't do drugs, you know, because a pot is a gateway drug. It's funny because it's a gateway, not just to other drugs, right. But it's also a gateway for the enemy to come in. I mean, how many times people have hallucinated and have been able to, like, I remember there was somebody that had told me that they can communicate with spirits while they're on drugs. And like that stuff, I, I just I just refuse to believe these are, these are just simple hallucinations because some of these are really crazy. People get terrified through them. People get really traumatic experiences through drugs, and it, it none of this glorifies God. It's a gateway to the spiritual realm as well, and so I completely agree on that. And you know when you had said about soul ties, it, how true is that? Because what people don't realize is if you you know, for 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 the guys out there, if you sleep with a female that has had multiple partners, what if it, whatever they have, like spiritually, whether that be, you know, the spirit of anxiety, depression, 
that can enter your life. So if there was a female and vice versa, you know, for the females out there, if you sleep with a man who has had several partners, you know, with, with sex, uh, you're exposed to so many different spirits of those particular people and then whoever they've slept with. So, you know, if you're out there, you know, and you understand that this is something that does not glorify God, you know, God still loves you, but you have to be able to, you know, uh, repent on that and ask God to deliver you from anything that may be oppressing you in life spiritually uh, that could be a, from these soul ties. And for God, because only Jesus Christ is able to break these ties with, you know, generational curses as well. So yeah. um, I'm so happy that you added to that because it is something that is not uh, talked about a lot. You know, the, the fact that there is a spiritual realm out there that in some ways is even realer than the physical realm. I mean, you know, with me, um, you know, someone had told me, Angel, I think you have the spirit of discernment. I have, I wouldn't say, I, I, I can kind of, how about to explain it? You know how, like, if you're in a room with someone, you can, like, it could be complete silence, but you still hear something? Like, you still feel something in the air? That makes sense? Like, electricity or, I don't know, but you, like, can feel the presence of somebody else in the room, even if they're not making any noise? Okay. Um, if I can, I can, uh, I feel that even if I'm by myself and, and, and it, and it, it bothers my, uh, my spirit. And people have said, you might be able to sense, you know, evil spirits. Uh, because once I say, you know, in the name of Jesus, I command you to leave, uh, legit, the feeling leaves, you know, and like how many times have, I mean, yeah. even in a past episode, I've talked about having episodes of sleep paralysis. I don't know if you've ever, yeah. um, ha have had that happen, but it's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. Uh, I'll share a quick story. If anybody's out there saying, you know, you guys are, you guys are out of your minds. Like this is stupid. <laughs> um, I've legit, there's people I trust who have actually seen insane things that are inexplicable and are, were very evil. And, uh, of course, greater is he who is in us than, than, uh, world powers or any principalities, anything like that. Amen. Uh, amen to that. But you know, it is real. It's, uh, I've seen things, I've felt things I've, my friend actually had a physical attack where he was kind of tr he felt trapped and then they it felt like a hammer had hit him in the arm uh, and it was a it was an attack a spiritual attack and going back to the sex uh, anybody who's out there like yeah you know like I'll follow God but I'm still gonna I'm still gonna hook up I'm still gonna swipe on Tinder I'm still gonna have my fun you know I'll, I'll repent when I'm 25 when I'm 30 whatever FYI dude you're picking up spiritually transmitted demons. You are not just yep. getting, you are not just wearing a rubber and getting sexually transmitted diseases. You're actually picking up spiritually transmitted diseases, which are the demons that come with that. So there are going to be consequences long term. I would strongly advise you for your own well-being to take a real look at why you want to do that. What need, what wound are you trying to medicate with drugs, sex, whatever the case may be. And look, I'm not saying it's easy to quit that stuff. It's not. Um, but if you're somebody that's just being stubborn and you know it in your heart, like just it's going to benefit you long term to start trying to do what's right. And that's not enough. Right. We need to let God in. We need to let him work on our behalf because we are our flesh is we are very powerful, but we are also very susceptible. And we need to let God come in and help us with that. Um, you know, I'm not a perfect person at all. I'm not trying to you know, I know you you're not a hypocrite either. You, you, you're open about your past as well. But it's like. I find that pride and sexual immorality are two things that many people who claim at least to be Christians 
are right. like, you know, they're like, yeah, whatever. Like, uh, you know, especially in, in certain culture as cultural things, it's, it's, it's almost like, yeah, you know, it's okay. They're, they're probably going to get married, let them, let them live together or sleep around, whatever. Um, and it's great if you're loyal to someone, I respect the loyalty, but put a ring on it, man. Like honor God, like it's not just a ring, it's a contract. It's a spiritual contract. It's a covenant with the most high so that he can put a favor on your relationship. If you're wondering why you're having strife, if you're wondering why I would ask you to assess this situation and no, I'm not an expert on this. I'm not a pastor. I did not go to seminary. Um, but from my personal experiences, a lot of times troubles, tribulations and trials in our own lives are due to consequences of our own sin, period, end of story. It's not because so God, true. It, it, right? It's not because God so hates you. True. It's usually God's love. And in fact, he's probably being merciful on you instead of actually, you may say, oh, I can't get a good job or, oh, uh, I love my job, but now I feel greedy because I'm making so much money. Like, whatever it is, uh, you know, we're always going to have to wrestle with our flesh. Uh, but if you're really having some trials and tribulations that just don't add up and you're like, why can't I catch a break? I, I would start praying, man. I would start reading. I would start educating yourself on spiritual warfare. And big thing, a lot of us, another thing Christians, a lot of us will actually say, well, that's fine. I'm just going to hang on to that bitterness is anger and unforgiveness. Look, if you guys are struggling with unforgiveness, I'm going to share with you what opened the floodgates to let God start working on my behalf. <clears throat> if you want his authority to cover yourself, if you want the protection of the Most High, you have to submit every area of your life to him willingly with a contrite spirit, which means very submissive, very much acknowledging your need for him to protect you. And if you do so, then he will flood in and he will chase those demons out. He will root out the foul, the, 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 he will just, dude, it will, I mean, your life will change. Yeah. I guarantee it. So one thing is this forgiveness prayer, my friend shared with me, and this is really what set, set the dominoes in motion here, spiritually speaking. It goes like this, Heavenly Father, I choose to forgive uh, blank, you know, you fill in the name of the exact person even though they may not deserve to be forgiven. But God, you forgive, I'm sorry, but God, you forgave me when I didn't deserve to be forgiven, so I choose to forgive blank. Please give me the love that you would have me have for blank in Jesus' name. And if you pray that prayer for each and every individual filling in their name in those blank spaces by an act of your will, not because you want to, you may feel right. ang you may feel anger when you pray this prayer. You may feel forget that, f that. I'm not going to do that. I don't believe that's going to help me. That's a you probably you know. I'm not saying what you went through is something that you should forget about or something that you shouldn't be upset about. Notice in the prayer it says, even though they may not deserve to be forgiven, and it comes down to grace. And here's the thing: forgiveness is not about justice. Forgiveness is about freedom. Right. Right. I think people forget that it's it's for us, not necessarily the other person. It's for us to be be free, you know, from uh, because forgiveness, uh, unforgiveness, you know, it's how can we ask God for forgiveness when we can't even forgive the other person if with all because everyone has, you know, stuff in their, in their past however bad they may that may be that God already paid the price on the cross you know a couple thousand years ago and that was before we even knew him that was before he loved us before we loved him right and no matter what we can do there is nothing that God's forgiveness can't wipe clean and so if it, it's so important for us if we're going to be 
Christians and we decide to follow Christ to be like him, you know, and, and it's a, it's a lifelong process. Yeah. You know, uh, I definitely understand that, but forgiveness, you know, is so key because you are, you're not being Christ-like first off. And how can God forgive you of your sins if you can't even forgive the other person? It's really for us uh, to be broken from that and like God heal from that experience because the other person may not even be asking for forgiveness. They may be perfectly fine with whatever they did, you know, and they could even be bragging about it or whatever. And it's so key for us to go, you know what, God, I leave this in your hands. Mm. I forgive them because you for, you can forgive them as well. You have forgiven us from all of our sins that we have committed and will ever commit on that cross. And so I want to be more like you. And I and it's sometimes, you know, what's interesting, I had a friend who um, is a leader. He had told me sometimes forgiveness isn't a one-time thing. Sometimes that wound comes back up and you have to, again, decide, I'm going to forgive that person because otherwise it can sometimes snowball into resentment once again. So, um, gosh, that's so key. And, and what people need to understand also is that when we can take care of the little, God can provide more. So if some of us aren't moving up in life, God takes us from glory to glory always. But at oh, the same man. time, we have to be <laughs> we have to be diligent in what God has instructed us to do. I remember there was one time I was like, God— I was I was praying about you know why I'm not where I want to be and what 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 is going on and God literally said Matthew six thirty three, you know seek the kingdom of God, and so I was like okay what am I doing that could be improved in that area you know mm -hmm. and and I was able to go in and fix those areas, and a lot of times that's really where it starts. Are we diligent in what we can do? You know, I know God yeah. can do the impossible, but are we doing the are we doing the possible? Are we, you know, putting ourselves into the word on a daily basis, even when we don't feel like him? You know, I, I can mm. I can speak for myself where when I want to read the Bible, legit every other distraction comes to mind. <laughs> hey, Angel, aren't you hungry first? Yeah. Angel, didn't you want to see that YouTube video on mm, like eBay? Man. Um <laughs> don't you want to check on your brothers, you know? Yeah. Like every single don't you want to check your oh. Instagram? And do you have the same? Does that happen to you for prayer too, bro? Oh my gosh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. It yeah. seems like, you know, and, and sometimes like, I, and I'm not perfect. Sometimes I've given into that, and then when I want to finally do it, where I'm like, you know what? I'm not gonna let anything stop me. I'm gonna do it. It becomes so late that I can't even give God the time that I should be giving Him because otherwise, you know, I'm well aware that okay, if. All right, I need to be asleep by this time. Otherwise, I know how I'm going to function at work tomorrow. That kind of thing. And it's it's the enemy right there. It's it's warfare that a lot of people may not be aware of and just thinking it's procrastination. But you it's know, possible. the enemy's. I'm sorry to cut you off, but I do want to add it. Don't give too much credit to the kingdom of evil because many times right. <laughs> we are we are we are responsible. I'm not saying take yourself. And you you obviously are saying that, but. Uh, it's important to also recognize where we fall short and we do live in a fallen world. We are fallen beings and, you know, we're redeemed by the grace of God alone. So, you know, obviously our, our human flesh will, will give us, uh, you know, we'll trip sometimes maybe, but, but, uh, you know, it's not always an attack, but yeah, I do recognize that as, as, as a very susceptible to attack type of area because it's so powerful when we do, uh, act in obedience in those areas. Would you agree? Yeah, Definitely. Definitely. I, I, I like that because sometimes we give a lot of blame to the enemy when sometimes it really is our actions that have made something of habit. You know, um, if I'm 
All right. So, if allowing that to happen. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. What I was just saying, if, you know, a lot of us, when we make it out of habit, it could be just allowing ourselves to just continue that. You know what I mean? I know that thoughts that don't glorify God don't come from God, of course. You know, if it doesn't glorify God, then uh, be very careful as to where it is coming from. You know, be able to tune into, mm. okay, who is that coming from then? If this thought doesn't glorify God, well, then where is it coming from? You know, and so I've been able to understand when it's coming from the enemy and whatnot, but also when it's really just, I I have fault in this, you know, a, a lot of it, you know, me where I, I sometimes have opened up where, okay, um, you know what, I can, I can push this till later, you know, and made that a habit or something. So, uh, more, more scriptural backing to what you mentioned earlier, you brought up Matthew in Haggai one, it says, you have planted much, but harvest little. You eat, but are not satisfied. You drink, but are still thirsty. You put on clothes, but cannot keep warm. Your wages disappear as though you were putting them into pock- in pockets filled with holes. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies says. Look at what's happening to you. Uh, the other version, that's New Living Translation, um, with the a different version, the end of that passage says, Thus saith Jehovah of hosts, consider your ways consider your ways. So right. like you said, like, are you actually walking in obedience? And that's, that's powerful, man. I'm, I'm going through a, a, a plan. If you guys have the Bible app, the version app, they got some cool devotional plans. I'm on one right now called the 10 commandments to a financial healing. And, uh, day eight here says, uh, in the devotion, uh, you know, God will bless you throughout your life with an infinite amount of resources and you'll be blessed with only so much time, money, assets, and talents. And, he ex- with each blessing God has given you, he expects you to be a, ge- a good steward of what he has blessed you with. So faithfulness creates fruitfulness, right? If you're only going to, if you consider your ways and you live to li- li- live to learn, I'm sorry, learn to live on less, etc., uh, you know, you got to be honest with yourself about how you're handling what he's given you already. So much of us, I'm sorry, so many of us are eager to get to that next level but assess your current situation. Are you truly being a good steward with everything he's already blessed you with? You know what I'm saying? So true. So true. I, I agree completely because how can we, I, th- I think here's one example. This was, you know, a couple years back I had said, cause I do, I'll, you know, the audience of course knows um, I do music, I rap and all that stuff. But I had one time asked myself, you know, why haven't more doors opened up? And I realized because I wasn't, I wasn't ready for it. If, you know, how many stories do you hear of celebrities who, you know, their uh, their friend was able to sneak a girl into the hotel room or temptation? Because so, so much of that comes up, especially when you're at that stature where, yeah. you know, you're, you're a celebrity and like, hey, Angel, what are you doing after the show? That kind of thing. Yeah. And like, you know, what if somebody had snuck in a girl in your room or something like that? Would you be able to like, how would you react in that situation? And I kind of was afraid to answer that question, you know, back then because I yeah. I might fall to that. And then I, and then I, let's say I'm sorry. And um, you know, let, let's say that person their main goal was to expose me or something like that. Like yeah. if I as a Christian make music and I fall to that, the enemy would would love that. The enemy would love to see somebody like that fall. Uh, and um I think, you know, the Lord was protecting me from that and like I'm going to mold you. I'm going to, you're going to grow until I find you fit for me to trust you with giving you this. And so, um, I I think that's, 
you know, super important. And so just at, you know, right now I'm just focusing on, you know, build, getting better at my craft, of course, and taking care of what I do have. And then God is giving me more. For example, you know, for example, this podcast here, you know, five years ago, I, if someone had asked me, you know, do you plan on doing a podcast? I would say no, like that, that thought would never come to mind, but I wanted to, you know, branch out. And what am I good at? Because for example, there are many people that find me as the go-to person for like advice and giving them, you know, help in life and things like that. I'm the person, a lot of, you know, people feel fit to vent to and things like that. And I also have a lot of advice to give to other people through my life experiences. And obviously I can't just message everyone at the same time. And so I'm like, God, how can I not just through music, but I know there are other ways that I can cultivate the talents that you've given me. And so like I took a public speaking class. I did very well in that class. And so I was like, huh, maybe I do have something here where it's in, in regards to speaking. So I, you know, using the podcast is kind of like my way of going, God, I know you've given me the ability to be able to speak and convey a message in such a way where it can impact a person's life where if another person may have said the same thing, but in a different way, it might not have hit. And so, you know, a lot of doors have opened up. I'm sure even for you, you know, in cultivating what God has given you in regards to gifts and talents. And so, um, Dude, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's, uh, it's unreal. It's unreal. Like it, it is real. Um, I really feel like, uh, if I'm honest, I actually had some financial baggage that I just met with a guy who's, I don't know how much he makes a year, but he's financially um, very smart with money and he's very well off financially. He's in his 50s, I think. But we we set up this sheet here on my action plan for 2019 onward to get debt-free because that's actually baggage, uh, even on a spiritual level, because I was kind of like all these areas of my life, like, you know, praised by the grace of God. I'm, you know, like spiritually speaking, like God's God's got my back. He's really fighting my battles for me and this and that. And, the, you know, that was one area, though, that it, it was really like it's like this. It's like, let's say you have a credit card bill of, you know, you racked up five grand of credit card debt and you have a two hundred dollar payment per month. And it's like a, an analogy would be somebody gets throws you into the ocean and that credit card debt is um, an anvil or a weight tied to your ankle and you're trying to keep yourself above the surface with each monthly payment, it's like, you know, like those life vests you put on from the uh, from an airplane where you blow into them to fill them up with yeah, air yeah. usually. It's like you give yourself a couple breaths into the life vest each month to, to maintain that treading water, but that anvil is still there pulling you down, pulling you down. So what action steps are you taking to get rid of that baggage and cut it off completely, get out of the water and dry off? You know what I'm saying? So it's like all these areas have to be addressed. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's, but, but, it's so powerful though. That's kind of a side note. Um, I, I brought that up really because I was just about to go into how I feel like I'm living my dreams and this and that, and, and how like I'm actually literally experiencing some things that I envisioned last year, year before two, three years ago about, you know, people coming to me and saying, dude, like, um, I had no idea that, you know, you're about this and I would love to talk to you about this, this issue in my life or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And it's like, I always felt like I had so much love to give, but no one was asking for my help perhaps because of the uh, thing you mentioned before about like having a harsh outer shell. And, um, you know, it's just funny how God can redeem 
it's beautiful how God redeems situations and he continues to do so in my life, you know, uh, developing me into the godly leader he wants me to be as opposed to my anger or bad experiences in the past perverting what he saw for as good. He anointed my walk with leadership, with with boldness, and he wants me to use that for his kingdom. And, uh, you know, like you said, if uh, if possible, I think the evil one would like to mix that up and some other stuff. So um, I, if, if I could, Angel, um, I'd like to touch on something as well. We've been yeah. going for we've been going for a while here. This is awesome. And uh, this is a t- really cool first interview. Um what Absolutely. Do you think? <laughs> we're almost an hour and a half. Absolutely. This is awesome. No, for sure. I we're hitting a lot of deep topics that a lot of people do need to hear, you know, because some people may have been almost undermining, you know, the importance of faith and being able to cultivate what God has already given us in the present. And I think it's super important because, you know, th- this whole podcast episode is, of course, ha- how to be successful in 2019. But what people forget is yeah. really the core of it is God. Yeah. You cannot truly be successful because for a lot of people, uh, success is defined by happiness. You know, like I had seen a video earlier where um, you don't want to have a boss. Why? Because you don't want anyone to tell you what to do. Why don't you want anyone to tell you what to do? Because you have freedom. Why do you want freedom? Because you want to travel. And why do you want to travel? Because, and then at the core of it is happiness. And what people really need to understand at the, at the end of the day is that it all starts with God, everything. Um, God, if you really want to be successful, if you really want to experience true happiness, it's really through God. And I just love how, you know, this episode so far has been able to touch on different areas that are so key for people to understand in regards to being successful because you can't truly experience happiness if you fail to cover these areas of your life, whether that be faith, um, you know, bondage spiritually or financially, of course, how, you know, how you were bringing up, um, which is interesting you bring that up because this year I really was like, I want to clear out one of these loans that I have because I'm paying off college loans, I'm paying off you know, my car loans, financing it and stuff like that. And I'm like, one of these I have to get rid of completely this year. And so I really like that you brought that up because you made me look at it in a different way too, because God, you know, we have a job. We, we, are we honoring God also with our money? Could we have already, you know, especially like, you know, on my end, am I, you know, going out to eat way too much when I really should be using the money to invest or get rid of debt? You know, like these are areas that even I'm looking at differently, you know, which is really great that you bring these up. So um, thank you. And that's just awesome because the the audience really does need to hear that. And if I am being impacted by that, then I'm sure there are many other people listening right now that will so as well. So that's great. 100%. Um, Like you're saying about taking action this year. And uh, let's let's talk about how to win in 2019. Um, I think, like you said, man, it, it comes down to really being honest about your internal world. A lot of people want to run away from that, but the truth is your skills can take you to a place your character can't keep you. So you need to foster habits of healthy character building or not building, but uh, developing your character in a healthy way. Um, Being honest about stuff that hurt you in the past, working through it, letting it go, forgiving everyone of everything so that you can be free. And a lot of us, so 
looking at looking at looking at entrepreneurship, looking at hustle, looking at working hard for your dreams and stuff like that. So many people who are in the Christian culture will pray for. I actually heard TD Bishop TD Jake say this. He's like, "Stop praying for a chair. Look out your window. God gave us trees." You know what I mean? <laughs> so we. Have I to, like that. And I love that because it's just so true. We, so many people sit around and will just pray and meditate and say, God, I need a chair. I need a chair so bad. And he's like, probably, you know, sometimes he'll give you a chair, it'll appear on your front door, praise the Lord for that, you know, miraculous, it's awesome. But the fact of the matter is he has given you the capability and the strength to go to your woodshed and build a chair. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, like, you know, metaphorically speaking, you can go and do. And so you need to do that and step up and be honest with yourself where you're not. So you have to put in the hustle and then God will, God will steer the ship and, and provide the wind for the sails, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. We have to, you know, God gives us the ability to do the possible. And like you said, you know, if we have the capability of doing this, then let's do what we can do. If you want to be a successful businessman, then do what you can do. You know, research the topic. What does it take in starting a business? Intern for people if you can. Like soak up as much knowledge as you can so that God can trust you and open up those doors that, you know, when the time is right. And so it is super important to, you know, okay, what can I do in the present? You know, what am I not doing? Am I, you know, let me, you know, I can ask for God to one day allow me to be this type of person. But what about like the area of maybe I'm impatient, you know, can, can yeah. God work with me in that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So there's like so many different things like, okay, in the present, what can we work on now that can help build our character to be ready for when that, from that time comes and not just character building, but just also, uh, you know, just in, in just growing in the knowledge in that particular area or, you know, there, I mean, we could just expand forever on this, but just in the present, I guess, is this is the key. What can we do now? Like what what can we do now for us to be ready for when that thing comes? Because we're asking for big things and that's great and all. But we also should be praying for things that in the present we can work on so that we are ready for that, because God is going to give it to us when he can trust us that we can handle yeah. that. So, so true. So true. But, but um, gosh, it's awesome. Um, you know, 2019, I know many people have the mentality like, okay, in 2019, this is the year I want to do this. And I, I, I realize that there are many entrepreneurs out there that go, well, you have, you have today though. And, you know, that's right and all, uh, but I definitely want to be able to use, you know, this episode, of course, to kind of help give people like some steps if people want to be successful in 2019, because I know, you know, your podcast, Heart Healthy Hustle, you know, deals a lot with being successful in the business area of life, you know, as well as other things. And so, you know, like, first off, I'd like to know how, how did, how did that, like, how did you come about? you know, starting the podcast and like, what was your like motivation behind that? Because, you know, you're, you're also in the field of helping other people be better versions of themselves. Right. Yeah. Which is, you know, in an area that, um, people have a lot of trouble with a lot of trouble with where people are spending money on things they don't necessarily need and 
feel, you know, because we follow a lot of the same entrepreneurs yeah. on social media, like Gary Vee, Tony Robbins. And I know what's what's so important is that a lot of them say spend less and use the money to really invest in what you're trying to do. You know, stop yeah. going out to eat, you know, buy less shoes, buy less clothing, because that money could be allocated to what is eventually going to get you in a higher place in life. So, man, I'm just going to bring the boldness and and I'm going to probably piss some people off. So fair warning. Um, <laughs> uh, real talk about the come with the hard truth here. Uh, and this I, I put myself through this gauntlet as well. So it it, it really is is facts, uh, at least from my experience. Um, if you say, oh, I want to be successful. And then you go and buy a pair of shoes you can't afford. I don't care what you buy. You buy it. You eat out. You stop at Chipotle. You you order a pizza from Domino's. I don't care what it is. If you if you did, I don't believe you. Stop saying you want to be successful. I don't believe you. Right. You're lying to yourself. You really are. And the fact of the matter is, uh, it, 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 that's not completely fair. Obviously, maybe you have a little bit of budget per week where you don't have time to cook a meal because you got to take your kids somewhere. I get that. I respect the hustle. I'm not knocking you for that. What I'm saying is, if you're doing something to impress other people right now when you don't even have the resources to fuel your ego in that way. Um, y- y- yeah, obviously there's so many things to say, but one, the first thing is take, take like five steps back and look at why you even care. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, why do you care? So many of us say, Oh, well, I love to look nice. I love my shoes. Like I like my Nikes. I like this. That's like, I, I get it. I respect that. But Why? Um, you know, if you really want to be successful, finan- like economically, okay, economically successful, you got to be real with yourself. Like if you say you want to do something like I, I mean, dude, like, oh, I, I get so revved up over this because from just my pot. So I've interviewed over um, for my podcast specifically, I've interviewed over uh, close to 60 people and most of them are very successful in the world. Uh, extremely. Some of them are very successful comprehensively, like every aspect of their life, they're doing great. Uh, yeah. uh, but what I learned, one of the biggest things is the people who are really winning are not talking almost ever. And uh, <laughs> you know, so it, true. it's so true, man. Like nobody cares about, you know, and I hate to say it, like, I'm not trying to sound mean, but you know, the fact of the matter is like, I'm so tired of I I don't care if I'm tired of it, neither do your listeners, but dude, like there are conversations that real winners have that we're not even have, like we're not even touching on. Like you think you have hustle because you sit there and talk about stuff with your boys. Like that is not hustle. That is not entrepreneurship. That is not hard work. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's cool to do that, but like real winners are actually, you know, they're, they're getting up on time. They're taking care of every area that needs to be taken care of, including the annoying stuff we just mentioned earlier in the first part of this podcast about all the soul stuff, spiritual aspects. Right. Even if they're, even if they're not Christians, they're focusing on, Oh, how can I build self-awareness? How can I stop being an egotistical jerk? How can I, you know, work on my people skills? So they recognize the importance of developing self-knowledge in terms of, wow, I actually come across like a jerk. I should work on that so I can facilitate business relationship because relationships matter and they actually are conducive to growth in every area of my life, including business. So every aspect of your life, man, is affected by your mentality. So obviously I think I I can't harp on the spiritual stuff we talked about enough uh, because that is the truth coming from the word, rooted in the word of God, which is the truth, period. Absolutely. 
that that will renew your mind and help your mindset. There are a lot of books out there that literally just reword stuff from Proverbs and say it's a self-help book and fine, like, you know, but the root, like, <clears throat> wisdom works because it's it's a it's a truth uh, that God put into place in the universe. God put it there, and that's why wisdom works, and that's why the Bible says if you f- if you seek wisdom and you on- or cherish her, that um, you know your life will have. I think it's favor, or it, it will benefit your life. Let's put it that way. But yeah, to win this year, guys, like, stop consuming so much content. Um, I think everyone's online now, especially everyone who's, you know, in their twenties, early thirties. I think all of us are on our phones a few times a day, at least, um, stop consuming content, find out where you're susceptible, uh, to distraction, to sabotage and set up systems in advance so that you can't sabotage yourself. All this stuff like waking up late or going to bed too late or, not working hard on your day job or overworking on your day job. All that stuff is really due to a lack of discipline and uh, lack of systems. So when I say lack of discipline, I'm not knocking anybody's work ethic. There's some real hardworking people out there that lack the discipline to sit down on Friday night and set up the systems that will help you to bypass the self-sabotage. So if you set up systems in advance, for example, you meal prep Sunday for a few days of the week where you know you need to have a solid meal ready when you get home. You don't have time to cook it because you got to be somewhere and you don't want to stop and spend money eating out. And you, you know, it's also a less healthy option. You can meal prep Sunday and by having the wisdom and the discernment discipline to actually implement that system, you make your life easier. Once you start gaining momentum in the right ways, it actually it becomes easier. It should almost feel effortless because it's just what you do. That's another thing about, you know, winning athletes, winning performers is it's what they do. This is their job. There's no other option. What is the alternative? And again, take all of this with a grain of salt. This is my opinion from my experience, from what I implement in my life. So I'm not telling you what to do. I'm and just sharing, I agree. Yeah. I'm just sharing with you my experience and, um, that's it, man. Like I, I've seen so many people just, and I was one of them. Uh, I still struggle a bit at times to make sure I'm really being somebody a taking action and not just talking about it because I, I don't like talking about it. I don't like posting on social media, even though I do it all the time. Um, because I feel like it's a time waste. Uh, but I do it as a business thing right now for growing my podcast audience. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, uh, but be really honest, just be super honest with yourself. Like, are you, are you really doing what needs to be done? You know, in your heart, if you are or not, you know, and also tr- here's a big thing, right? This is big. Hear, hear what I'm about to say. Make sure you always show up world class. Start treating yourself like a professional, even your side hustle. Because again, going back to that verse, like what you, you have to be, you got to show up over and over and be faithful in the little things. If you want more out of life, if you want to do bigger things, you have to be faithful in the little things. So That's many so people, true. bro, so many people work these jobs that they're so egotistical. They think, oh, I'm too good for this job. And they don't put in effort. They don't try. They go and they complain. Um, they just bicker back and forth with their, you know, 
you know, coworker about, oh, I'm too good for this job. I'm get out of here in two months. Like you'll you'll see, I'm about to pop off. Like shut up and work hard right now while you're in that season of life, so that you can get to the next season. You're so confident and proud that you're wow where you belong yeah how about you put in the hustle now and show up and stop talking and then you'll show up to that set and some people are getting pissed off right now well guess what if you're somebody that's getting irritated by that it could be one my delivery or it could be the fact that maybe i'm saying some truth that you needed to hear so many of us will will sit in a job like oh i'm gonna give this 80 percent because you know what like i went to school for this and i'm gonna get there one day so you'll see and it's like nobody cares so many of us also think everybody cares about us and what we're doing nobody really cares man low-key nobody really cares about anyone except themselves and unfortunately that's a part of human nature so when you really accept that and start to realize like wait what i thought people actually look at my instagram posts like nobody saw it dude uh, yeah. or, or girl, like nobody saw it. Just stop. And and the fact is, even if they saw it, maybe they are really following you, what you're doing. If you're doing some good stuff, much respect. I'm not knocking that. I'm, I'm coming at it from an angle of you got to be really honest with yourself. Like each and every season, if God gave you this job right now and you hate it, maybe it's time to transition to a new one. But you better stop complaining, being negative about it and start being appreciative for where you're at. And putting the work here and now, I dude, that's one thing I will say that has always served me, and it's just how I was raised. Always give it 110%, no matter what you are doing, and you'll get you'll get to the next chapter, you'll get to the next lily pad of life, you'll get to the next season a lot sooner than if you were being a brat about where you're at. Do you know? Dude, does that make so sense? Big. Absolutely, absolutely. I, it blows, people, dude. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. People need to understand that, like. You know, you, you have to honor God in the workplace as well. You know, if you're, if you're complaining day in and day out, it's you, it's your fault, you know, make, make the situation better, you know, either look for something new or do better at what you do. You know, don't complain about a lack of promotion. If you realize you've really been giving this 60, 70% when you really could be given a hundred in the workplace, like you're still you're still worshiping God through your life. Like it's not just in church, but it's your life uh, that is supposed to reflect God. So, you know, as a Christian, and it, this is an area that I feel a lot of people have, you know, tr trouble with because they see as church and then, of course, their personal and work life as like a completely separate thing. But uh, what yeah. we fail to realize is that no, when you really think about it, the church is not the building, but it's the people. You know, mm -hmm. and so and the whole goal of the world, I mean, excuse me, um, the world in terms of how like God sees it is he wants to expand, expand the church across the world and not and not just in in buildings. But like you can you can theoretically have, a, a you know, a bunch of people worshiping and, you know, uh, around a homeless shelter and bringing people to Christ. And that can be considered a church. It's not necessarily the building. So yeah. we worship God in the church and out of it. And so. Even and, in the workplace, are we reflecting God? So that's amazing that you brought that up because it is an area that I know a lot of people, including I, you know, have difficulty with because, you know, you're surrounded by most of the time people who are not believers, you know, and so you're there for sometimes 8, 10, 12 hours, you know, on a daily basis. And, you know, you're you're at warfare because— you don't you still want to maintain your integrity with Christ. You still want to be able to reflect the goodness of God. And 
the workplace can make you look at things a little bit differently and make you forget that like, no, I'm here, you know, yes, to make, you know, money to pay rent or pay my car. But I'm also here as an opportunity to show people the goodness of Christ. So true. That's a very Christian, spiritually accurate way of looking at that. And uh, for sure. And for someone who's listening, who's not a Christian or you're not too sure yet about, um, you know, jumping down the spiritual route, this will still benefit you, uh, my friend, to implement. Even if you're not um, like a Christian, you will still be benefited by what we're saying. Absolutely. Now, what do you say to people who, you know, want to be successful, but they claim that they do not have the time uh, to pursue whatever it is that they want to do? Let's say it's somebody who wants to start a side hustle or pursue uh, a career in music. What do you say to those people who say that they don't have enough time in their schedule to be able to go after that? Uh, I call BS. (laughs) I call BS. I do because it's, it's it, it, are you really unhappy? Then do something about it, you know, then ask for what you want. Uh, there's nothing wrong with asking for what you want. If you don't ask, you know, opportunity can't knock if it doesn't know where you live. You got to show up, right. you got to ask, you got to put yourself out there. Fortune does favor the bold. So you may look at someone like and say, oh, that. yeah, you may say, oh, they're so bold, they're so confident, they're so brash putting themselves out there. Who do they think they are? Well, guess what? They're going to make it. And maybe you won't because you decided that you're going to be shy and judge them instead of put yourself out there and realize it's your turn now. It is your turn. So to step up and show up and stop talking and just put in the work, be happy for people who are winning and learn from them and start implementing their skill sets, even if you don't necessarily. Uh, as long as it's morally and ethically okay, of um, you know, then start implementing some of that stuff. For me, that had to come down to boldness, confidence, speaking up. Uh, you know, I, I used to be somebody who was like afraid to, you know, tease my friends or something because I thought I would offend their ego. But in fact, it actually facilitates a healthier relationship dynamic to in a, in a, in a kind way, not out of spite or trying to hurt them. But, you know, teasing people, making people laugh, having a fun time, not taking life too serious, um, implement stuff like being bold, being the person that steps up first, stands up first, you know, uh, volunteers first, commits first, ask the girl first, ask the guy for whatever it is, like do that and be the person to step up, you know, and then if you really are that person, then I tell them, you know, obviously then do something about it. Well, how to do that? All right, you really are unhappy. Wait, can you repeat your question? Yeah. So, you know, for the people out there that want to, you know, go for a specific career path, maybe they're unhappy at their current job and they want to, you know, oh, I I really should be, you know, creating music or I really want to start a business. I'm unhappy at this job and I just don't have the time to go for it. You know, what do you say to those people? Uh, that don't have time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If I had a really good thought on this, I hope it's coming. I hope it comes back to me. <laughs> well, I I know one thing I see a lot is that too many people are claiming that they don't have enough time, but there's a lot of time that they're allocating to the wrong areas. You know, uh, I, I know, of course, you know, we we both follow, you know, Gary Vee, Tony Robbins, many different, you know, entrepreneurs out there that I, give excellent advice. But um, not all oh, of it's excellent, ahead. by the way. Not all of it's excellent. Okay, <laughs> That's, true that too. That's true, too. Um, but I, I think one one good point, you know, that uh, a lot of them make is that 
you know, how many hours are you watching Netflix daily? How many hours are you on the internet consuming content? How many, you know, uh, you know, sometimes people feel that they need to lose sleep every night in order to go after their dreams. And that's not always the case there. You know, the hours that you're not working and you're awake, how are you allocating those hours? How are you putting that time in? You know, could you, instead of watching, you know, the, like, like I'm sure a lot of people, <laughs> you know, today's Sunday, uh, are watching football, you know, could that time be put into something more productive? hundred you know? percent. So, I, uh, I, what's your take on that? Uh, my take is I call BS. I look them in the eye and say, I don't believe you. And they'll say, what are you talking about? I say, I don't believe you. Where's your proof? You know, did you even make your bed this morning? A lot of people have a lot to say. <laughs> a lot a lot of people have a lot to say about what they're going to do and who they are and this and that. I yeah. don't believe it. And once you start realizing everybody's fronting and and flexing and for no good reason, the people who are actually winning, who have a, a right to flex, if you will, they're not flexing. They're actually in the corner helping somebody else get to their level. The weak want power and the strong want to empower. People who are winning don't look to brag. And if they do, you know, that's them. I'm not going to knock their hustle. But most people who are winning, aside from athletes, uh, you don't see, you don't really see them trying to make others jealous. They're actually trying to help other people. And that's how they got there because they have a serving mentality and they approach it with a service attitude. Um, you going to uh, ET the hip hop preacher? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, my man. gosh. Dude, he's the he's number amazing. one the number one motivational speaker in the world. And oh my he, gosh. dude, he talks about one of his speeches. He talks about so many people fall off because we, well, I don't know if he talks about this directly, but we judge, we judge others by their actions and we judge ourselves by our intentions. That's so we we're, judge others actions, but then we judge ourselves by our intentions, which is just not fair, but it's another uh, flaw of human nature that really sabotages our own success many times. You know, one thing that he really talks about I'm I'm looking I'm I'm thinking here. Um I remember, you know, one of my favorite quotes from him was if you want to be successful, you have to like it, I, he was it was I think this is how I was introduced to him, period. He had a speech around, you know, among a, a lot of youth kids. And he was saying, if you want to party more than you want to be successful, I forgot how I forgot how it went. Yeah. You have to you have to want it more yeah. than you want to party. You have to yeah. want it more than like as much as you want to breathe. And that whole that whole story, I'm sure you've heard of it where, you know, the, the kid showed up at five o'clock in the morning to this guy and said, you know, how do I be successful? And he put him underwater. And he goes, you have to want it as bad as you want to breathe. Mm. And it, it and, you know, it's an extreme, of course, but there's truth to it, right? You have to really, really want it where yeah. you are able to drown out all the excuses of, oh, I don't, I don't have time. Like if you really want a bad, I mean, you'll, you'll make for it. So yes, you will do it. And, uh, so let's say you have the mentality of, I want to, you know, succeed in this area as bad as I want to breathe. Um, if you really desire that and you have a strong enough desire, uh, it, it, you, you will just do it. You know, look at it. This is your job. This is what you do. And you can start to replace the unproductive with the productive and realize it's your turn now. So step up. Stop putting it off. Stop talking about it. 
It's your turn yeah. now. You don't get to come back. You're 25 right now. You don't get to live 25 again. This is it. It's life and death. And so he talks about this. And then once you have that mentality, a lot of times guys will or women will also will fall off because um, their ego, you know, the big ego. Oh, I can't be the number two, man. I got to be the number one. Okay, well, have, right. enjoy, you know, enjoy your life. That's going to be a big problem for you in the future, and you're going to run into a lot of trouble. You might get success, but you're not going to be anywhere near where you could have been if you would just submit your pride to the Lord, let him work on that area of your life, and start listening and start respecting people who are in positions of authority and start honoring the things that the Word of God says instead of just looking at people like, oh, well, I have a reason to be upset with them. Maybe you do, but God forgave you, and you didn't deserve it. Neither did I. You know what I'm saying? Right. So he, he, E.T. talks about a lot of guys fall off because ego. A lot of guys fall off because of women, you know, dating around, giving up their energy, um, you know, and, and vice versa with women, you know, same thing. You know, so that's one thing that I wanted to touch on was, man, he, you know, even once you get that mentality of you want it as bad as you want to breathe, you do have to make sure that your character doesn't take you somewhere that your skills can't keep you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I, a lot of I times, that's, oh yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go no, go ahead. <laughs> a lot of times we'll fall off, or we'll have a mistake, or we'll, we'll, you know, instead of really it becoming a all-time low, it can just be a lesson that we learn from and fail forward. Where instead of you know hitting rock bottom, we say, okay, where did I mess up? What 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 part in this did I play that I'm responsible for that I will own up to? Because that will be conducive to my success to acknowledge, yeah, you know what? I messed up here. You know what? I shouldn't have said that. Or you know what? I shouldn't have, you know, or I should have done this. I, one thing I'm realizing is you can stop doing a lot of bad stuff, but then it's equally our job and duty to then do the good stuff. Like you may say, Oh, well, I don't do this, this, and this. I'm a good person. Well, just as it's your job not to be doing the wrong stuff, it's going to help your life even more if you actually and, you know, honor the Lord as well, which is more important. But um, even just from like a benefiting your career point of view, it's going to benefit you more to actually do. Absolutely. Accountability is so important, right? To be able to, to uh, self-evaluate yourself and really look at the areas where you, you know, you should be doing better at, uh, you know, because some, some people like to put the blame game and not realize that it's really them who like, we have more, we have like, we don't have all the control, but we still do have a lot of control over the things that happen in our lives. And so I think that's super key to be able to take accountability because how can someone, how can someone succeed, you know, and let's say in the business world or if they want to be an entrepreneur and want to start up their own business, if they can't take accountability, the CEO of a company, I mean, when a company goes down, who gets the blame? It's the CEO, not the you know, the, the, the bottom line workers of a, an individual store or something like that. So, um, I agree. I think that's an area people need to really, uh, think about, you know, on a deeper level than, than previously. So that's awesome. And a successful CEO will ask for that and accept it. Yes. You know, it's not going to make an excuse like, well, oh, well, you know, so-and-so didn't do what they're supposed to. That, that is so immature. And if that's your, that's the way you think about life, you have a lot of work to do. And I'm not knocking you. I was there. I still work through this myself every single day. But if you're listening and that's your mentality off, like off the bat, when something goes wrong, then you got to start 
way backtracking and look at stuff. And then this can go all the way back to roots of, you know, childhood wounds. Like for you, man, like being raised in a single mother household, you could have taken that and used it to just, you know, live a a different life than you are right now. But praise God, like you are an encouraging example of, of a redeemed person who is actually doing what you believe God's calling you to do. And you're actually encouraging people's lives. You're changing lives with what you're doing. Um, you know, you're 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 getting in the rap battle rap scene, and you're you're being a witness and a light for God and your approach to that. And it's so encouraging to see you and your example and the way you're doing that as an act of obedience to the Lord, because you realized that that hard childhood where your pops wasn't there, but you saw your boy, at, you know, you, oh, he his dad's here to support him at this event, whatever. And you're like sitting there and you look down and say, what was I? You know, like, why, why don't I have God? Why don't, why, why didn't I get to have a dad for my upbringing? Like, like, instead of looking at that, like, I hate the world and I'm going to show everyone that I didn't need a dad and I'm going to prove my, my absent father wrong. Um, you know, I'm sure you've, I'd love to get into that and, and talk to you how you deal with that. But, you know, there are situations in our life that God puts us through like a cheese grater to me, like, I don't know how else to put it, like Play-Doh, you know, those Play-Doh molds as a kid where you like press down and it goes through the, the, it goes through like the, uh, the grater or yeah. Like a, like, yeah, like a cheese grater and God's just like shoving you through that. And you're like, ah, oh, this sucks. Like, stop. <laughs> and you're just getting shredded. And God's like, no, nah, look, like you're going to come out this nice pile of, of, of beautiful, you know, cheddar cheese, you know, extra sharp New York cheddar cheese or Parmesan or whatever. <laughs> Um, for sure. Yeah. yeah. No, it, that's, it's a good way of putting at it because at the end of the day, also, I've, I've learned, you know, my circumstances are going to make for a great testimony. I've made it less about me and more about others, others who like, because I could easily blame the world for my upbringing. I could easily do that. But instead I've decided, you know what, these are the cards I've been dealt with. And I've been I've been able to spin them in a positive light. I've used it to motivate myself to be better at what I do, to you know, um, be bold and be self motivating and and realize you know I want to one day have a family where they don't have to know what you know a, a single household feels like. I want to be able to to be able to do that. And so instead of you know blaming others, I'm like you know what. I have been able to look at life differently. I've been able to use this in a positive manner. And how could I use my story, which I'm sure a lot of people share where, you know, the, the they grew up in a single household and whatnot. And how could I impact their lives through my testimony? Could they be in a situation where they are blaming the world? Could they be where they're living with resentment and anger? Because I'm sure that happens a lot. And here comes this guy named Angel who, oh, he's 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 been through a lot of what I've been through. And, well, here he is still going after what, you know, he feels God has called him to do. Here he is uh, persevering in life and, you know, doing X, Y, and Z. I mean, you know, in, in my circle of friends that I had in, in, in high school, I'm one of very few people that finished college, you know. And these are people who were some of the most popular people in school and whatnot – and yet I was able to persevere and I'm doing better than most, if not all of the people that I, I grew up with. And that's just a testament of being able to self-evaluate, okay, this happened, but I'm not going to let that stop me. I'm not going to let the fact that I didn't grow up with, you know, uh, uh, my father being active in, in my upbringing to, to, 
what, what does that mean? Because for other people, it may mean, okay, that, that means you can't be a good father. That, that means you can't, you know, be a, a good role model for other people. Says who, you know? So I've been able to twist my circumstances in a positive way and use that to help people instead of, you know, uh, having self-pity on myself and blaming the world and this, why did this happen to me? Instead, I project it positively onto other people going, look, here's what you can do even with those circumstances. So um, I think that's super important because I'm here to serve, not to be served, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I think that's how, um, when Jesus came, you know, in the flesh, that's how he was. You know, he came as this humble man who came to serve and not necessarily be served. And so that's how I want my life to reflect where, you know, sure, these things happen to me, but how can I help others through my life story? I've made it less about me and more about other people. And so, um, you know, because I, you can, you can do the blame game for forever and that's not going to get you anywhere. I like having responsibility because I, I'm sure you would agree, you know, even in, in like the business world, you know, being, being res- taking responsibility for, for you is, is very liberating. Wouldn't you agree? hundred percent. You know, yeah. so, um, I, I would like to ask you, Angel, how did, um, how'd you work through that anger that came from being raised in a single mother household? And if you don't mind me asking, um, did your father pass away at a young age or was he, did he just leave the home? What happened? Um, no, no, he had, you know, he was, let, let's just put it this way, you know, irresponsible at the time. And he wasn't fit to be like it, it the, you know, he was irresponsible. And so we needed the, the, the separation needed to happen and whatnot. And so, okay. um, right. you know, my, my father's still alive, thankfully. And, you know, our relationship has improved a great deal, you know, since back then, um, we get along very well. You know, I've, I, I'm always speaking to him over the phone. We, we can like, we talk like, like really good friends and there's a lot of respect and love from both ends. So I'm really happy because I know a lot of people don't ever get that opportunity. Like for example, I have been able to, you know, been blessed with the opportunity to have heard my dad say, I'm proud of you. Um, I don't, I don't get, I know I don't get credit for the man you are, but that doesn't mean that I'm not proud of you. And I know that you are going to go far in life. And a lot of people don't ever get to hear that. I, I understand that. And so I'm blessed to have a father who's still here and that I've been able to fix that relationship with, you know, he's done his part and I've done mine. Um, I think with me was, how did I, how was I able to move on from this? I I realized uh, my faith had a lot to do with this. And I've been able to realize that the, the, it's not, it's more like the enemy had a hand in this, right? The, it wasn't all like my, my father's mistakes and whatnot. My, you know, the enemy had, an influence on him in order to, to not be responsible and not be, you know, there when we needed him and whatnot. And so I've been able to look at it. Okay. Look, look at what the enemy has, has done and influenced through, you know, throughout the life. And I, I need to be able to forgive because he's somebody like everyone else who needs God. And so, you know, he wasn't in perfect communion with God. He wasn't seeking God at that, at the time. And so things like this can happen, you know, and the circumstances weren't the worst, you know what I mean? My dad drank and stuff like that. And so it didn't allow him the opportunity to be responsible and be there. And so it was just bad. But I know a lot of other people have had it worse. And I understood that from an early age. I understood that he deep down is a much better guy than other people may look at him as. And so 
I guess I was able to look at it from a very young age, from a realistic perspective that this is just somebody, this is a broken world that we live in and things like this happen. Mm -hmm. And he's somebody that needs God at the end of the day. And we all make mistakes. And for other people, it may be way more difficult. You know, I guess also what helped is I'm the older, I'm the oldest of three, you know, um, boys and I have the most memories as well. So I think that also had a part in remembering the good times, the good, you know, the good, the positive moments as opposed to the negative. And I think that helped as well. Um, also just being just plugged into God and letting God give me peace in that area and realizing that that helped me be a better person. That if, if, if I didn't grow up in a broken home or a single household, like how would I have come out? Because I use this to fuel me. So, uh, it's a it's a really interesting question. I thank you for that because it's not something I think of a lot, but I I, I think it's just from being the oldest son, um, I had to grow up quickly, and I think it allowed me to have a more realistic outlook on my uh, circumstances growing up, as opposed to someone who maybe wasn't the oldest and didn't have to grow up as fast. You know, uh, looking at it in a, at a different light. So, yeah, thanks for sharing that. Um, you know, obviously you appreciate your father and everything that he is in your life today and everything, you know, obviously the facts being that, uh, based on what you've said that maybe he was a bit absent in your childhood, you know, due to his need for the Lord and, you know, everybody makes mistakes, et cetera. Right. Um, my curiosity is, you know, for those listening who can resonate with you in this area, there's a lot of people. Um, but how did you, um, how, how did you work through that anger and that need to prove other people wrong? And that, um, like we touched on earlier in the interview, how did you address that father wound where, you know, even though you have some good memories that, yeah. ulti- you know, ultimately there, there was an absence there of an earthly father. Um, uh, how did you address that wound? Um, wow. I think, I, I think the addressing it really came when I was reading wild at heart because I thought, I was like, I fully moved on. I, I thought that I, you know, I was good, but I didn't realize that a lot of my character had negative aspects of, from that, you know? So I didn't know that I was, I still had a chip on my shoulder. And I think being around people who like-minded people, and what I mean is like in church, you know, I, I really felt like I belonged. I really felt like I fit in. I didn't feel like, you know, and I, I know every church has those people who secretly judge and are, are can be hypocritical. And I, I realized that, but for the most part, many of the people in church didn't, like, I didn't need to prove anything to them. I really felt like, you know, I, I didn't need to have this chip on my shoulder like I did in high school, that I could be myself. And a lot of that had also to do with you know, working on my confidence. Uh, I wasn't a shy kid by any means, but I, I wasn't exactly the most confident person. And so what, like I, I looked, I remember in college is really where I was cultivating the confidence area. Like what could I do to be more confident in myself and not feel like I have to prove anything? Because I used to be like a really skinny kid. I know, you know, you work out as well. You're really big into fitness and we follow a lot of the same fitness, uh, personalities on YouTube and whatnot. And I know we've spoken about that Christian, you know, Guzman, I know is an example right there. And, um, I, in college, I was a really skinny kid. I weighed like 130, and that had to, a lot to do with my confidence as well. And, but that was an area that I could change instead of being upset about it. I could change that. And so, you know, I, I started hitting the gym, I gained 40 pounds, you know, and 
people looked at me differently and I was confident about myself and being comfortable in my own skin and doing what I could, you know, in, in my life to be more confident. And I think that helps as well. You know what I mean? Um, be more confident in your own skin and also realizing that you don't have to prove anything to anybody and being around people who aren't going to. So once you're around people that really you feel are comfortable around and know that they're not going to judge you, I think that's when you you realize, okay, I can do that. I don't have to prove myself to anyone because these people aren't treating me like I have to prove anything. Because in high school, I felt that way. Um, in college, I didn't really feel like that as much. And I feel like in college is really where I, I started, one, growing as a Christian, uh, growing in my confidence and just working on, on me. Um, and I think that helped me. A lot because if I wasn't, you know, working on myself physically, uh, I don't know if it would have been as easy. You know what I mean? I was a really skinny kid. And so I think working on myself in the areas that I have control over uh, helped a great deal in me breaking out of having a chip on my shoulder, having to prove things, you know, to other people. Because being a skinny kid, you know, it's you that that those thoughts are going to come sometimes. And if I could eliminate those thoughts from having been skinny, great. If I have the if I have those thoughts from being um, not smart enough, or I don't know, whatever, you know, I'm sure there's other reasons for other people. Uh, what can I do to to get rid of that? And so um, I hope that answered the question. I know it's <laughs> you know there's so many aspects. It's a complex you know answer um, because it's it's still a work in progress. Mm. Um, you know, it's a daily thing that I have to decide that. I, my identity is in Christ first and foremost, you know, and we all live and we all die at the end of this, you know, no one's in heaven is going to be, Hey, remember when you fell down the stairs in third grade, <laughs> no one's going to do that. You know, um, I, I think there For is me, a, I was diaper in... boy, <laughs> diaper boy. Wait, yeah. wait, wait, yeah, third, we... yeah, yeah, yeah. In third <laughs> grade. I stood up on a railing at a, we went on like this camping trip with like a bunch of friends and I, people found out I was wearing a diaper cause I still went to bed until I was like 12. <laughs> uh, actually I went to bed like three times when I was 13 and I think maybe once when I was 14, I don't, I don't think 14, but yeah, 12, I still went to bed. So I stood up on this railing and uh, people were chanting diaper boy, diaper boy, diaper boy. <laughs> and uh, I, I had taken my pants off to just have the diaper, you know, and I was basically chanting with them so that I relished in the attempted bullying and turned it around to be something funny. And I wasn't, oh, wow, that is awesome. I actually wasn't scarred by it. Uh, Cause I realized my doctor told me the truth was that he's like, yeah, you know, like 80% of your friends who try to tease you, they all come in here too. So don't feel embarrassed. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I knew the truth behind it. I was like, yeah, I see you guys out there peeing yourselves to bed. Um, but no, uh, th that was third grade for me, but no. Yeah. Um, wow. Man, that's powerful. Man. I appreciate you sharing that about your, you know, about that. And, I wonder if there's any other uh, like books or tactical advice that you might have for your listeners that they can implement that you did to help you let go of the need to blame or the need to be right or the need to feel superior or the need to prove yourself. Like, is there anything? Yeah, of course, your relationship with God. And if 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 that was all, then like, what did you do to foster that relationship? Right. Um. In terms of other books, gosh, I mean. I think I read more than I used to back then. Uh, so I don't know if there's any books I can necessarily recommend. I'm currently reading a, 
the sacred search, uh, but it's really on marriage. And I think that's one thing that's helped me in other areas and just like patience and, you know, uh, that, but I think the, really the Bible first and foremost, um, prayer, uh, church helped a great deal because I really felt like I was, and I, I still do, uh, that there are so many people there that like, I feel like we're all on the same page where, Hey, like I mess up. Oh, really? You do. T I do too. Oh yeah. Well I do too also. And like, we're all in this together. You know, we are all here because I heard someone say, I think it was Jefferson Bethke in a, you know, a video. He is a poet. He, I think he runs his own podcast as well. He's written a lot of good books. Uh, Jesus yeah. over religion. I know is one of them, an awesome book. And, uh, and his other, his follow-up book as well. I've read, um, but he he put it really nicely that the church is not a museum for the healthy, I think it was, uh, but it's a hospital for the broken. And that's a really good way of looking at church wow. because the outside world can look at it as like, hey, this is where we all, you know, meet up at to uh, kind of be prideful of like, hey, look, look, we're Christians kind of thing. But really what it's about is. Like, hey, we're here because we all need God. And being in church helped a great deal in, oh, wow, these people aren't judging me. Like, you know, I'm I'm the way I am and people aren't judging me. And, yeah. you know, people have put me to the side and have spoken to me, you know, through love. They're like, hey, man, like I see sometimes, you know, you, you know, you look like you're sizing people up or whatever. Like, just know that you don't have anything to prove to anybody and that your identity is with Christ. And I, that helped me a great deal. I think it really, it really, if it boils down to it, is just being among people who won't judge you and being in community with church. I think that that really was uh, essential for me to be able to be comfortable in my own skin because a lot of us have different masks. You know, when we're when we're by ourselves is when we are our true selves. And I, I and I understand that. You know, how we act in our job is different and, and all that stuff. But I was. I, I was uh, being around people in church helped me be more comfortable with who I truly was because I was not being judged for it. And it was really liberating. And I think that helped me be more comfortable even outside of church to, to really not have to prove myself to anyone and realize that my identity is with God. God knows who I am. Yeah. And that should be what matters at the end of the day, because I die at the end of this and no one in heaven is going to bring up how, you know, uh, my pants ripped in the first grade. No one's going to bring that up. You know, how I, you know, had a little bit too much gassy food. And during a test, I let one rip in the, you know, in the third grade. And cut the a cheese. lot of people in my third grade. Gotta cut the cheese, <laughs> man. I was a fart head too. <laughs> you know, so a lot of that comes from, you know, just, just, and I think personality has a lot to do with it. For some people, it's going to be a longer process. I think throughout my childhood, I've always been very carefree and outspoken. And I think that had, had, you know, something to do with it. But if you were to ask me like one key element, it'd really be, you know, community with other believers as well. Wow. So. Wow. Yeah, man, it's your, your story is really impactful to me. Like what are, um, yeah, because I, I, I more or less fell out of community post-college, and I knew the necessity it was for me to get plugged in, so I kept pressing on, and it was hard, man. I felt so lonely. Like, that was one of the last areas, even after all of that soul care, that, you know, I, I was still a little afraid to put myself out there um, because I just knew 
especially with young guys, people are so egotistical and it's, it's really hard to figure out who you can trust, but ultimately you just trust God and put yourself out there and, and look to serve others. Like you said, and, uh, trust God and have faith that he's going to align you with the right people. Um, absolutely a community, man. So powerful. I'm learning that, uh, God's reteaching me that this year. And I think he's going to bless both of our lives with community. That's you know, more powerful than we've ever experienced before. I'm very confident of that. Amen um, to that, you know, bro. Yeah. <laughs> take, take this call, for example, man, we're going on three hours and I just met you like, you know, a couple months ago. Uh, so anyway, I would like to say, um, what I would like to ask you, you mentioned a couple times, uh, like maybe once or twice, somebody at the church, like pulled you aside and said, Hey, like, seems like you're, you know, maybe trying like sizing people up. Like how did that manifest itself? Like, what were you doing that they noticed that they said, um, you know, was it just the way you looked? Was it the way you were treating people? Were there certain circumstances? And if so, like, what were they? Um, the way I took it was, I think my posture, how I, you know, was physically looking around other people. Um, maybe I stood differently. I, I that, you know, I, I, I didn't ask too much for specifics on it because I knew deep down there was truth behind it. Um, you know what I mean? But they, they said around other guys, especially, you know, that I was, I was almost, there was a way that I was carrying myself. Um, and that, and that could be in how I stand, you know, close to somebody, maybe I widened myself up a little bit more. Uh, I didn't go into specifics on that, honestly, because I, I knew there was truth behind it, you know? Huh. And so, uh, I knew deep down that like, you know, Hey, you know, I may not be thinking about this a lot, but there, there's truth behind it. I do because I was a skinny kid and, yeah. and there are certain, you know, and when I was skinny, I noticed certain people would not like talk to me a certain way. And I'm like, huh, now that I've gained, you know, size and whatnot, um, even in college, it, things were a little bit different. Like people who were, were more comfortable saying certain things, uh, weren't so comfortable after I gained weight and, and went and started hitting the gym. I'm like, huh, you know? And so I, I think that mentality still carried with me. And where I was like still on the defense and maybe I was looking, maybe even like my eye contact or, or how I, I, I talk, I talk to certain people because, you know, even, you know, in church, the way maybe I correct somebody may have come off across as a, a little bit confrontational, you know, yeah. those kinds of things. So I think it's a culmination of many different things, but I, I did realize that when I stand around somebody, I stand in a way where it could it could look like I'm I'm confrontational. I think that's where some of it came from because the day I was told, um, it was it wasn't during a, like a service or anything like that. It was during like a, a group, you know, like meeting kind of thing. So, um, what 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 was it that they said to you again? It was that you know, I I see sometimes that you 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 come across a little bit as like you have a chip on your shoulder, especially with other, you know, guys, um, that you feel like, you know, you come across like you have something to prove to other people. And it could be how I was, you know, carrying myself, uh, physically. And then maybe, you know, how I spoke to other people, um, you know, that, that you don't have to prove anything to anybody that your identity is with Christ. God knows who you are. Uh, you don't need to prove to anybody in the church, especially in the, in, in the church, uh, that you're this type of person because, None of that matters. You know, the other person does like, you don't need to prove to anyone that you you're tough or that you can defend yourself because no one here is trying to, to hurt you. No one here is trying to judge you. 
uh, no one here is trying to test any of that. So he was like telling me, let go of that. You know, you don't, you don't feel like, you know, everyone here realizes that, of course, that, you know, we need God and there's no reason to prove to anyone that like you're strong, phys- you know, emotionally, physically, whatever that can be. Yeah. Um, so do you think you were afraid of opening up? Were you, were you like, were you afraid of showing up as like who you really are or was it more just something else? Um, I would, that's a good question. I would say more, I, I think I, I don't, I don't know if I was necessarily afraid of opening up. Um, but I think, I think I let the habit of my childhood and high school, my defense is always up. And I'm not, maybe not necessarily to my heart because I think I was always pretty much outspoken, but I, I think it really came down to more like on the physical aspect of it because, you know, I didn't grow up with a father. And you did, yeah. You know, oh, go ahead. I'm and, sorry. And, you know, active in my life, and maybe I was using that as a way for other people to not mess with me or whatever because. You know, a, a lot of a lot of times it's like, okay, you you know, you got your older brothers to back you up if certain things happen, or you got your your pops to come out, you know, to help to to yeah. to protect you. But it was really like, I I don't ha- like I'm the oldest out of my other siblings, dude, so like dude, I dude. really really yeah. you know you had to be the protector, right? And I think that carried on in in mm-hmm. other and it's I don't think there's anything wrong with being a protector, but yeah, there's certain there's there's certain times like. Let yeah. it go, bro. You don't yeah, need, you they're not here yeah. to hurt you. Exactly. And I was, I was still carrying that with, uh, even around people that I really shouldn't be uh, afraid of that. So I think that was it. Yeah. That's the same here. Um, I grew up with three sisters and I'm a guy, uh, I'm a man's man. So you can guess that I've always, I, I let go of it a few years back, but I always was very, uh, felt like I needed to be protective of them. And so I just kind of carried that weight when I didn't even have to. Um, cause they made, you know, their decisions were usually, I mean, typically great decisions anyway. So I, I didn't have to be yeah. afraid. I didn't have to be fearful or, you know, like per- overprotective or anything. I could have just, you know, been a lot more at ease and, but for some reason, I, yes, I'm wired that way. Like, I just feel like I'm supposed to be someone at the front lines that's protecting people who are more vulnerable than me. And so right. I'm very watchful and analytical of like impending attacks and I am really good at like diverting them and or reading when they're about to happen and excusing myself from a situation or whatever. Um, did you do, you, you kept mentioning physical stuff. So did you, were you one of those guys that would like look at other guys' arms while you're talking to them and consider like constantly check out their biceps? I've actually experienced this multiple times with people. It's pretty funny. (laughs) Um, I think, the bicep I, think check. <laughs> I think in high school, I think it was just like, you know, uh, uh, talking around other people. It's like, you know, I, I think there was a part of me. Yeah. That was like, okay, could this person, you know, could I take this person on kind of thing subconsciously? I don't know if I was actively thinking about that, but like, I think deep down it was like, you know, I didn't want to feel like this person could have the opportunity to mess with me and not be repercussions or something like that because of my size at the time or something like that. So I, I think, I, I do think, you know, that had, that had something to do with it. Yeah. That I would look at somebody, okay, you know, could they, and that, you know, sizing them up, but not really being able to, because, you know, I was a skinny kid back then, you know? So, um, I, th- yeah. 
Yeah, I think mine is similar. It's a bit different. I think you're, like you said, what yours is coming from. I think for me, it was coming from um, that insecurity of like, I feel, I felt like I had to be a protector of my, the women in my life, all my sisters, my mom, even, uh, of course, my dad was the real protector. And so I didn't have to worry about it, which God, God, God is good for that. But yeah, I still, yeah. I still adopted that stance and posture and I was skinny as well. I weighed like a buck 30, if that going into high school and I left high school at 170 and grew about a foot. Well, maybe not quite a foot, but I grew a lot, gained some weight, got athletic and got serious in the gym by 18. And, um, you know, it, yeah, it, it's funny because you see yourself transition from the, the really skinny and secure kid to the person that like, you realize you're okay now. And like now, like <laughs> yeah. now, now you're like the bigger, older guy and you see like skinny guys in the gym. And I actually almost like concern myself with not being perceived as a jerk or something just because I'm Oh bigger. my gosh. You know yes. I mean? Isn't it so funny how that <laughs> yes. comes full circle? You're like, Oh, it's me like five years ago, but now I'm like old and jacked and like mature and not the same guy anymore. And they probably think that I'm this big Jack jerk or something. And they probably right. don't, you know, they probably don't, <laughs> but it's just funny. Cause when you're a skinny guy, you like never lose that. You, you never forget, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I've had like experiences like even at the movie theater yesterday, like I had this guy apologize so many times, uh, just being in my way. And I think he was surprised as to how I was like, dude, you're good. You're <laughs> like, you're okay, man. Like there's no need to, to be super apologetic or even like in the gym. Um, you know, sometimes I, I see somebody, too. Yeah, it's, it's crazy just because of the size and you're like, Oh, I don't want any problems. I don't want to. And you're like, I, neither do I. <laughs> we're good. We're good. Don't even don't even think like that. Um, in the gym, you know, I've seen people, and, and you know, and some people will argue it's not their place. But like, if I see someone doing bad form to the point where they it can cause injury, sometimes <laughs> I will get. Listen, man, I just want to be able to help you out. There's a better way of doing it. And sometimes, you know, they take off their headphones and they're like a little intimidated because it's like, okay, here's this here's this big guy coming up to me. And it's like. Uh, what is it for? And, you know, more than likely, you know, they're beginners, they're, they're small. And so like, uh, and they get surprised as to how friendly I am, you know, and like, like it didn't match up to what they thought initially. Um, it, it's, it's pretty interesting. Cause it's like, now I'm on the other side of things, but, uh, who I really am doesn't match up to what they think I am. If that makes sense. It's like once they, yeah. once like, like I say a word, they're like, Oh, he's like super friendly. So yeah, it's so true. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm in so. the exact same way. I'm I'm almost irritated at the way my face was designed because it just naturally looks like I want to kill someone, even though I'm super friendly. And so unless <laughs> like unless I'm actively smiling, like looking cheesy, then I look like I could eat a dog and kill your family type of a face. And I'm not mean at all. I'm actually <laughs> super I'm super intense when I'm focused on working out but I'm not intense at people. It's at the weight. And I, I, you know, I like envision the weight. you know, when I get really into it, I look at the weight as like my life's adversity and I'm going to, I'm going to mess it up. If you know what I mean? Like I'm going to tear it, right. you know? So like I go intense and I think that a lot of people just go in there to, you know, like drop the weights around and like enjoy their life and talk and just kind of do the motions and just leave. But for me, it's like, you know, I take it very serious as do you. So it's, it kind of, it can, but anyway, that's a total sidebar. But that's cool, man. Because I, 
I've definitely experienced that. Now I experience the same thing. Um, people who don't know me, I have to acknowledge. It's like, and I don't say this from arrogance, dude. It's factual, right? I don't, I don't know, um, but like just seeing your face, your face, and like your physique as well, it seems that you are a fairly intimidating character, you know. And so, understanding that that's how people naturally will perceive you initially is important. It's like if you're driving. If you're driving a Ferrari, let's say your health, you consider your your body as a Ferrari in health, then people are going to challenge you. They're going to come up next to you. They're going to push your buttons. They're going to rev their engine. They're going to try to challenge you. And that's just primal human nature. And if you aren't ready for that and you're still like living your life from a skinny person's perspective of, oh, like, leave me alone. I'm just this skinny guy. Like, I don't mean any harm. Then you're going to get you know, run over a couple times and that could lead you to anger, resentment, and bitterness. But if you recognize the facts of, uh, Hey dude, like you've grown, you're, uh, you know, you've grown in every area of your life and this is how you come across to people now. Um, of course I, I try to work on how I come across cause I want people to feel loved and uplifted when they're near me and around me, For sure. um, especially when they hardly know me. But, uh, it's, it's like really important to recognize like, so when that kind of stuff happens, you're like, okay, yeah, I knew, I knew this would happen. And Hey, by the way, like, I don't play those games and, you know, just so you know, I'm actually really nice. I'm not interested in any trouble. I just want to enjoy my life and honor God, you know? So it's crazy, man. We are very it similar really, stories. <laughs> it really is. And it's funny. Cause like, I think in the past year I've been wearing like hats a lot more and <laughs> yeah, and it's funny how big of a difference that makes because Especially from especially New York, right? You see a Hispanic guy, you know, big, and and you put a hat on. I it, people look at you like a certain way, like as if um, what kind of hat? Yeah, like some dad hats, you know, in general or whatever. But it just seems like people people have said even at even in the workplace. I remember we had crazy hat day, and I decided just to wear a Yankee. Um, you know, I think it's I think it's the it's called a forty seven MVP hat. It's yeah, not go, like go Phillies. I got you. Okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, I was wearing, it and people were like, "Dude, you look like a completely different person." And I'm like, I hear this a lot. Like people, like I, they, I, I think people have said, "You look friendlier without the hat than you do with it on." You look more intimidating with the hat on, and I'm like, why? And I think, especially being in New York, you know, you going into the city and. You know, you see a lot of people dress that way and they think a certain way just looking at someone like that. Um, I'm still trying to figure that out because I finally found out, like, I finally found the hat that, like, fits my face shape well. And, like, I don't want people to – I don't want that that's, that viewpoint of how people look at me to affect me being comfortable in my own skin because I know for a fact – that I'm the same guy with or without the hat. Like this isn't like Bruce Wayne, Batman. This is just <laughs> an article yeah. of clothing. Like that's it. Um, which I'm more comfortable in now. So it's like, but it's interesting as to like what, how, how people can look at you differently just from, okay, you've gained muscle or you've gained, like, are you dressed a little bit differently? Like I'm, I'm just wearing a hat, you know? <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's pretty funny. Like it matters though. And the point it's, it's, it's a, it, like this right like i went from a place of really caring how i dressed i had a lot of nice clothes i invested in a lot of money into it i got a couple suits etc and then i transitioned into a chapter of my life where i knew i was enough in christ i didn't care how i came across i dressed in the same thing every day 
Um, you know, obviously I was neat and well kept, but I didn't care about like, oh, I'm gonna like coordinate this nice J. Crew outfit that I invested in, and I'm gonna like wear this sweater with this all the time. But yeah, now I'm it's coming full circle where I'm looking at it from a business aspect again. Where yeah, like especially in the world, people perceive you a certain type of way based on how you uh you know how you arrive, and unfortunately, I, it's so funny, man, because like. <laughs> I went from caring what people thought to really not caring what people thought or at least telling myself that and therefore not wanting to dress neat and fresh because I was worried that people would think I was trying too hard. So I still cared what people thought, even though I told <laughs> yeah. myself I didn't care. So now I'm like, all right, you know what? Like if I have a choice between looking super fly or just looking kind of good, I usually go the kind of good route depending on the occasion. But if it's like a business thing, if it's going to make a benefit towards my career to dress nice. I will dress nice because people will perceive you a certain type of way. And it's, it's annoying and it's unfortunate and you shouldn't live your life by how people perceive you, of course. But it, it, it really is fascinating. Like you, like you understand that you're still a child of God. You're still yourself with that hat. But yeah, I mean, some people are, are scared of you when you wear that hat and you don't want that. So you decide like, I'm not going to wear this hat. But you know, it's, it's just so funny how that comes full circle and you really are, you know, I think some people just really don't care and that's cool too. I, 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 I wish I was like completely carefree, like completely. And I'm, I'm to a place now where I don't really care as much, but if it is going to help my career to wear a suit, I'll wear a suit jacket or what have you. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's, 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 I, it's a lifelong thing. You know what I mean? The whole not caring because I feel like in some aspects we're always, uh, not worried, but we're we're thinking about what the other person is is how is how they're perceiving us, you know. Um, like you like you had said earlier, you know, if you're not smiling, uh, you said you look like you could eat a dog, you know. And it's uh, like I've looked in my rearview mirror while I'm just driving, and yeah, I'm like, yeah, boy, dude, do I look I, angry right uh, now? Yeah, same here. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, that's like, oh, why do I look like I'm angry right now? And it's like. But, but what can I do? Like, that's, that's my, that's my face. I look, you know, and even when I walk, someone said like one, one person said you walk with purpose. Another person said you walk like you're going to confront somebody. And it's like, oh, it's like, I can't win either way. <laughs> but, uh, you know, all, the good thing is at least that I'm comfortable in my skin and that at least when people meet me, they notice that I'm a good guy. And I don't mean any harm to anyone. So, so anyway, the only reason I stayed on this topic, and I'm sure you as well, for this long, is because I'm sure there's a lot of people who can relate. Um, yeah, at least for me, definitely. I think, I think being comfortable in your own skin and yeah. not caring is an aspect that not only helps with you as in personal growth, but it also in other areas of life, um, business. You know, it's important to be confident in who you are because only when you're confident are you able to believe in yourself are you able to take risks and walk by faith you know your confidence can't just be in you of course um, but in who you are in christ that that has to be fundamental if you know if this podcast could be centered around one word it is god like if you want to be successful in 2019 i i know you agree with that as well it, it has to be god god has got to be at the center of it god has got to be at the center i believe in every every venture that you want to take in life god has to be a part of that with you um you know i'm, I'm 
you know, I don't know what your thoughts are, you know, on that as well, but yeah, man, uh, uh, you know, again, as uh, I'm, you know, as, as we wrap up this call, I just want to leave your listeners with this, you know, don't let your failures keep you from taking action in your life. Yep. And, and here, like, this is the most important part. If you're a Christian, don't let your failures keep you from taking action and serving God. Amen. He still, he, he still wants you to step up. If you stumbled in hooking up with somebody, you stumbled in getting drunk, you stumbled in drugs, you stumbled in pornography, just repent, confess it to some people in the church or trustworthy people. Not to, I'm not talking about just spilling your guts to random people you don't really know. That's called manipulation. I'm talking about finding a healthy consensus group where you guys know what you share stays here. And you just say, hey, look, like I feel ashamed because like X, Y, and Z, and I don't want to be this way anymore. But even bef- like, dude, don't let failures keep you from taking action and serving God. That's one thing he's taught me this past year. It's like live by faith, 100%, bro. And, you know, we're not going to do it perfect, and that's okay. God doesn't expect us to be perfect. I'm not saying, like, yeah, like, live how you want. I'm just saying nobody's perfect, and none of us can live a perfect life. It's actually quite ridiculous to assume that you can. It's actually, I believe, part of the reason God gives us free will is so that when we mess up, we can then be— we're in a a dependent relationship with God. Like, we need to consistently go go to Him and be repenting and praying and asking Him for His help. And I think He knows— He's he likes that dynamic. He doesn't like the sin, but he loves when we repent and come to him and say, uh, you know, like I recognize that I had a part in this and I'm not going to let it keep me from serving your kingdom anymore. And last but not least, guys, <clears throat> assess your diets, your appetites and what you're ingesting. And this goes for physical food and it goes for media and books, etc., like movies, TV shows everything assess everything i want you to for the next week every time you turn the radio on soundcloud spotify whatever podcasts youtube anytime you turn something on in the back of your mind i want you to remember angels podcast um jonathan said assess everything i'm ingesting and same for your diet ask yourself is this going to help me in my life is this going to push me closer to my goals achieving my vision for my life you know is this going to serve God? Is this going to honor God? Because here's what happens. We get dumbed down to certain things when we ingest too much of the worldly content. And I noticed this for me. I'm susceptible in this area because I'm so driven. I want to find what should I learn next? What should I do next? Um, I want to laugh. So I'll watch a funny TV show and like low key, the TV shows producers, probably an atheist because they do some, you know, some blasphemous jokes or they swear a lot or there's some crude humor. So assess your diets and your appetites. Ask God to renew your mind and give you healthier appetites. And then check everything you ingest. So if you eat a bag of chips, be like, why did I do that? Why was I craving this? Is there a way I can replace that for something like a, a, a an apple or a piece of really delicious kiwi or fruit, something like that, a bottle of water and drink, drink a lot of water, but definitely assess your diets and for a week and then see at the end of the week, if there's anything you decide that you're going to change for 2019, that's going to help you. Wow. That is awesome. That is great advice right there to close out the podcast. Um, I want to close, you know, with of course, prayer for everyone listening right now. Um, you know, I think that's super important to, you know, uh, 
for God to plant this, you know, we planted the seed and of course God, uh, you know, for water it. So um, I'd like to take this time out to pray for, of course, you, have, you know, uh, for God to continue to guide you and, and uh, mold you, you, you know, throughout 2019 year. But, uh, you know, dear Father God, uh, Lord, we thank you for everything today. Uh, we thank you for the fact that you've given us a, a new day, a new opportunity to be better versions of ourselves, God, that you have grace and mercy for us every single morning that we wake up, Lord, because uh, we could have easily have, you know, passed away for whatever reason in our sleep, but you've given us another opportunity because you still have a plan in our lives. Lord, I thank you for Jonathan's life, Lord. I thank you for what you are doing through him with his podcast, with his website, and of course, through his walk and journey in life uh, that he is touching and impacting people. Um, to know the gospel of, you know, your son, Jesus Christ, Lord, we thank you uh, for what he's been doing in the 2018 year and everything prior to that and for what you will be doing in his life for the year of 2019, which is, of course, you know, this year, uh, Lord, may doors be opened up that nobody can close, Lord, may he continue to grow in his faith, in his walk with you, Lord, may you protect him and guide him. Um, because you, of course, know that the enemy is prowling like a lion, waiting for a chance, an opportunity to attack each and every one of our lives. Lord, I pray also for just everyone tuning into the podcast right now, Lord. There has been so much uh, godly information that has been you know, shared with the audience, Lord, and we just pray that you may water that seed that has been planted to, to, to everyone listening currently right now, Lord. We pray for their lives. We pray for them to have an encounter with you if they have not done so already, Lord, and may you guide them and protect them in this 2019 year. May this year be the best year of their lives. May they uh, see doors opened up that they've never been opened up before, Lord. May they grow each and every single day, Lord, may you help and guide them spiritually, uh, you know, to be better versions of themselves and get closer to you, Lord, because we realize that success truly comes with having a good, solid foundation in you, Lord. So the people out there that may not be reading the word as often as they should, may you tug at their hearts and have them uh, examine, help examine themselves, see the areas in their lives that may not be pleasing you, Lord, so that they may uh, adjust and be able to serve you and worship you in a better way than they have been before, Lord. We just thank you for their lives, Lord, because we understand that everyone is here uh, with a mission that you have given us, Lord, and may we honor you through our lives each and every single day. Lord, we also ask you for forgiveness for our sins because we are also imperfect, Lord, and uh, we ask you once again to help us examine our hearts to see the areas that we may not have given entirely to you, Lord, because we understand that, you know, the biggest priority is not running a business. It is not being rich. It's not being successful, but it's having a good and great solid foundation in you, Lord, because uh, with you, everything else comes after. You are our provider. You are our creator. You love us and you care about us, Lord. So um, let everything fall from that and let you be the number one priority in our lives, Lord. So we just thank you for everything. We thank you for this podcast tonight. We thank you for the ability uh, for both of us, Jonathan and I, to be able to reach other people and impact their lives um, through our walk and testimonies, Lord. So we thank you once again. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. <laughs> bro, you are awesome, this, my this brother. Was, this was this was a powerful episode, bro. Um, Man. Gosh, thank you so much. Dude, thank you, bro. I'm so honored to be your first guest. <laughs> and uh, I think we, we hopefully set the tone for the future interviewers. 
uh, future guest to step it up. Oh and, yeah. yeah. <laughs> dude, this was incredible. And, uh, I gotta say it's the most fun I've had on any interview yet, including any I've done on my podcast. And, wow. and uh, you know, um, I just, uh, I, I really appreciate you, man. Absolutely. Now for everyone tuning in, because you know, this was incredible. Where can they find you on social media? Uh, where can they tune in? I, you know, on to your podcast, where is it at? You know, uh, how can they get in contact with you? For sure. I appreciate the opportunity to share. Uh, it's the heart healthy hustle at the, I'm sorry, at heart healthy hustle. So I tell people like heart healthy box of Cheerios, but with hustle on the end. And it's <laughs> gotcha. all about, it's all about hustling with all of your heart in a healthy way because uh, it's easy to fall off the healthy track when you're trying to hustle to the max of your potential. And it's really all about becoming the best version of yourself. And uh, of course, I'm rooted in a Christian faith. So you hear aspects of the faith come out in the show. Uh, it is uh, mostly focused on you know worldly business and, and uh, financial success. But there are some times we have guests on, uh, including tomorrow's guests, uh, that are uh, both believers in the Lord. And uh, it's, it's a really great time. And and uh, God, I'm going to share, share an insight with you guys quickly here. A lot of a lot of these wealthy people who I looked up to, who I had on to my podcast thus far and interviewed, uh, you know, with the recording stops and, and then we start talking. And, and, you know, after the show, I find out that they actually are also a Christian. And, you know, make no mistake, um, if there is uh, any worldly success, not always, but many times there has been at least at aspects of of uh, biblical wisdom implemented to achieve that success. So the best, most abundant route for your life is to have your foundation rooted in a relationship with God, period, end of story. And, uh, you know, if you're looking for then some shrewd business tactics or ways to approach your career in this world, then uh, tune into the Heart Healthy Hustle. We're on every platform for podcasts and uh, the guests don't disappoint. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, it, it's been an honor having you on the show. And, um, you know, everyone tuning in, you know, make sure to tune into his podcast. He shares a lot of great insight on, you know, of course, business tactics and how to really conquer. Because if, you know, starting a business or starting a side hustle is one of your goals for the 2019 year. Um, I know even me, I'm doing a side hustle with eBay. That'll be for another episode. Uh, but to definitely tune into his podcast because he shares a lot of incredible insight and has, of course, guests on his show that are successful in the business area and can share some additional insights. So on that note, um, once again, John, thank you so much. And, uh, you know, for everyone else tuning in, you know, make sure to, you know, share this episode with somebody who may need this word of encouragement. And uh, until next time, folks, this has been The Message with Angel.